Welcome to Apple to Oranges, an Apple Plus original review show. Welcome to Apple to Oranges. I am your host, Jesse, and I am joined as always by June. Hey, June, how are you doing? Hello, what's up? <laughs> Shake it up. <laughs> Shake it up. Shake it up. Uh yeah, I missed that part of it. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. I, I thought it'd be fun to shake things up. I remember when I did this to Steve on the fucking scenic cast. And I just <laughs> I just completely took I took him out of that whole review. <laughs> yeah, he he likes to be organized. Like he likes to like he he has the sort of outline, like a schedule, and he likes to he likes to stick to that schedule. Yeah, I tell like a little behind the curtain, you know, like how he'll take a break between one review into another review, and then yeah, he, like he counts you back into it. And usually when he starts a review, he reads like the synopsis of the movie. Yeah. So I text Kova, I'm like, hey, how like how pissed do you think he'll be if when he like starts recording, if I just as fast as I can read the synopsis for this movie? <laughs> and he's like, dude, you gotta go for it. You got That's so funny. Oh god, <laughs> and they record and they record together a lot. Like they'll go to each other's houses and record a lot. So like I bet Kova if they were actually recording together. <laughs> I bet Kobo was just like sitting there, just staring at Steve, being like, oh, I, I can't would... wait to see the look on his face. <laughs> I cannot wait to see the look on this motherfucker's face when this happened. <laughs> this was one of the few times when they weren't together. Oh my God, I bet Kobo was funny. like, God damn it. <laughs> that would have been great if he was. But he yeah, was I like, see that reaction. <laughs> Stephanie and Kevin Shanks thought we all planned it. And Steve's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what the fuck's happening? He was like, uh, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut, cut. <laughs> oh, I thought you said something else. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, it's it's weird. We're we're regular again now. We're we're, we're back to a weekly thing, but we've been doing different nights, like. Everything feels yeah. off, and it's it's my last weekend before school starts. Yay! Sad face, but happy. Oh, same oh. way. I, yeah, I was just gonna say, is that sad though? Is it? <laughs> yeah, be able to fucking just do shit and not sit around. Um, some <laughs> some quick housekeeping. Uh, friend of the podcast, James Hop, has brought back Rock with Hop. James Hop. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I am on the That's newest exciting. episode, I'm so Ooh, check it out. Fun. Yeah, I am jealous because he's he still doesn't want to do my idea. So fuck you, James Hop. <laughs> you yeah, laughed. Your idea again? Elevator music? No, <laughs> no. My idea was to take the games that we like to play, the Dark Souls series, and pick our favorite tracks from the soundtrack. I don't know why he doesn't want to do that idea. I'm being serious. I thought it was a really good idea. <laughs> Like, the first game has a lot of really good music. Like, I have, like, a bunch of songs on my massage playlist from there. Like, 
<laughs> it's really good music. I don't understand. It reminds me of that podcast. I forget the name of it, but they break down famous like scores from video games and movies. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's I mean, no, like if it was all like ambient stuff, then, you know, I would understand that. But there's like there's certain tracks that like like you could sit down and be like, OK, this is really cool because it kind of subverts like what kind of music you would listen to in a boss fight, like that kind of stuff. Like you, there's this conversation like you pick you each pick like your top five. You know, you could even do like the worst ones. I mean, I don't think that's what it shows about, but like you could do. Like, bottom five, if you wanted to. Top five, bottom five. And that's a solid... Like, how long did you guys talk for? Man, he broke it up. Like, the first episode yeah. is, like, 50 minutes. And I think the next one's, like, an hour and a half. We talked oh, for okay. a while. Yeah. yeah, see? So, I mean, that's... You know, you're talking about, like, you know, 10 to 20 songs. That's that's a decent-sized episode. It is. You know? it, it is. <laughs> I, I I'm calling him out. Calling him out on ATO. Get me on your show. Yeah, hop. Yeah, hop. Pick a hop band. The, yeah, hop here. the scrolls. <laughs> hop it. Uh, anyway, what did you talk about on on that episode, Paul? We talked about a band called White Reaper. Nice. White Very Reaper. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, not a lot of people have heard of them, and they do like. You know, they, they formed in 2019. I'm like, man, dude, especially like after a pandemic, they probably should have changed their name. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well. <laughs> but they got good music. Mm-hmm. I think they're bangers, but that's just me. I think everything's a banger. Yeah, you that's do. true. You are really, you're really easy to very hand out the bangers. <laughs> Yeah, you're not very discerning with your ba- um, bangers label there. You're a banger, and you're a banger, and you're a banger. Yeah. I mean, you're like Oprah, that with everything. I'll be like, this is the best tasting thing, or like, that's the hottest person. Midwest male Oprah. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's an insult. Uh, yeah, no, I'm Oprah. just kidding. We love but, Oprah. But you know what? Speaking of bangers, I'm going to play this real quick. Is this a banger? Is it a banger? Most fearsome fighting team. They're heroes uh, in a half shell and they're in their green. <laughs> Michelangelo is a party. It's a party, dude. <laughs> yes, it's oh, a banger. Way, I have to um I, I have to uh, correct something that I said last week um, or last episode. Remember how I said like my husband would like not be able to name a single Ninja Turtle? Okay, so I was wrong. I mean, he can name one. Oh, Leonardo. He should be. Yes, that was the one. Michelangelo. Oh, because of Da Vinci. He is never. He has never watched any of it because again, he was like in his late twenties when Turtles like came out and stuff. Like he wouldn't have. That was not his thing um, yeah he related more to splinter when it came out <laughs> so um now i get a chance to go see turtles because um we um well, he started our vacation he went to chicago this morning i'm heading out there later this week um to hang out with my sister we're gonna go see two bruce springsteen concerts um because 
You know what, though? It's sort of like he has his fandoms and I have mine. And he kind of yeah. gives into my fandoms a lot more than I. I mean, really, like, we, we've already seen two Brew shows back in, like, the early spring. And, um, yeah, know, like, four Brew shows as opposed to, you know, like, ten Marvel and Star Wars and whatever other stupid things I want to watch. <laughs> um, stupid. How many Bruce Springsteen concerts have you seen in your life? Coming up will be like at the end of our Chicago trip next week, it'll be seven. He has seen over, I, I think he's now up to like 35. Does a lot change? Like, five. <laughs> Holy. Yeah, he does it. Okay, keep in mind, Bruce has a oh. huge catalog, right? But like, there, like one tour he did, it was like the River Tour where. He played the entire album anniversary of releasing that album. And like, yeah, he then he'll throw in like other songs. Like I think every, every show that I've been to the encore, like he usually almost always has ended the show with born to run. Yeah. You got to one. And yeah, then yeah. like the, one of the encore, one of the encores love them, but like consistently for me, dancing in the dark is like, always been an encore although john says that like he's been to like normally that is the case but he says john's like i've been to like a couple of bruce shows where like he didn't play um dancing in the dark like at all but yeah for mm. the most part but yeah but like he'll do things like that actually there was one concert where um this was pre-covid but people would just write down songs and he would just grab signs from the audience and be like, like someone wrote Mustang Sally and he shows it to the band. And then he's like, all right, let's do it. He kind of nice. did like this long thing. And he would just sort of, I think someone like Mustang Sally was one, maybe good golly, Miss Ma. Like people were just like, had signs for like random, like old songs. And yeah. And he was just grabbing them and being like, all right, let's do this one. So he was like a he karaoke. Does. He was like a. Yeah. He, was like a <laughs> I mean, he does. <laughs> say Bruce like I I'm like like a huge fan of him I think I've always obviously respected him it's just his music was not anything I ever got into but he puts on a good show he's like mid-70s and he's still able to play like three four hour shows and he's and they're playing guitar. I mean he like runs around on stage he'll go and interact with the audience um nice. yeah Hungry Heart is the one where um that's so my favorite. Hill Crowd. That's your favorite. In that one. That's, the That's one my favorite. He Bruce plays live. He plays that live. He crowd surfs. Oh, I mean, it's such That's a good dangerous. He doesn't even have to. Uh, I, I bet most of the audience sings that song for him. I was just gonna say he just he like throw the mic out. Oh, and, he does. You know, that's that it. One. Like. My uh, voice, then, my throat's sore today. Philadelphia's going to sing the song. That's my all-time favorite. Another, and, and then there's another song that um, it's like a happy song. Something, I, heard, I can't, I don't remember the full title. It's something about a sunny day. But what he does in the middle of the song is he'll bring a kid between like 10 or under. And, um, and I think he's able to like find the kids whose parents clearly are huge Springsteen fans, so those kids also know all the words to every song. So he brings the kid up on stage, and then the kid sings like the chorus. Mm, that's uh, cute. And so like, he, so he does like so. Bruce is like he just for being seventy five. He is in fantastic shape. He can yeah, he can still do a 
four hour long show and just be running around stage and having fun. Yeah. Does he still I mean, get Stevie Van Zant to come with? Oh yeah. Um, and uh, on tour, um, he had Tommy Morello. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so, because he Rage Against so the Machine sounds familiar. Oh, there you go. He also did the score for the first Iron Man movie. Huh? Did not know that. Um, but or he did the music supervision or whatever. Um, but he um because um I think it is Steve Van like he's the one that's in the Sopranos. Yeah, Silvio. So like they were yeah. So John yeah. So I think that was when maybe. No, because Sopranos ended what like in twenty what, in two thousand ten. When did like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Okay, so it wasn't that, but he wasn't there, so like they had uh, Tommy Morello tour, but uh, yeah, I just remember remember how Max Weinberg on Co- when Conan had the late night show on NBC after Jay Leno, um, you know, his house band was the Max Weinberg Seven, and you always knew when Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band were on tour because they would on because I used that was my favorite late that was my favorite talk show um, late night talk show was Conan's. And um, you would always, then he'd always have like the, um, like the second in command of the Max Weinberg Seven. Like he would be at the drums uh, because Max would be on tour with Springsteen. Yeah, fucking Bruce, fucking shit up. Yeah, so <laughs> but I'm excited about that. We were actually <laughs> playing on Wednesday and Friday night. Um, my sister and I were actually going to go see Madonna on Wednesday and then go do the Bruce show on Friday. But um, Madonna, you know, got really, really sick. So she she so she decided like she's not going to push her entire tour back because I, I have a feeling I don't know if it's been officially like kind of said, <clears throat> but I think this is Madonna's last tour. because It's a big worldwide tour. So she's just picking oh. up, I think, in maybe next month. I think that was when the European leg of the tour is supposed to start. So all the shows that she wasn't able to do this summer when she was sick, including the Chicago one, I think she's just tacking on at the end of the tour when she gets back from Europe. Yeah. So, um, but she's apparently doing well. Like I was kind of checking up on that because she got really, really, really sick. Um, so, yeah. But, now I'm seeing Bruce twice again. <laughs> yeah, and and he knows an Ninja Turtle name probably because of Leonardo mm-hmm. da Vinci. That was the only one. <laughs> he does. Yep. Because they're all named after Renaissance people. Yes, that's they are. Yeah. Well, um, uh, Jess yeah, and I, unfortunately, we didn't see this together, like Barbie. No. But we have mm-hmm. both seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. I have hyped this movie up. This was like. Right below uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for my most anticipated movie of the year. And I'm not going to bear the lead. It was fucking amazing. Oh, so good, Paul. <laughs> it was, it was, it has so much fucking heart and passion. Like, it did. Yeah. I don't Do even need a bad guy that. for the Wait, next so one. So charming. Nickelodeon put it out. Um, and so, what was it? Oh, Gray oh. Point? Bloop. Wait, what, what's the. So then it's Paramount. Um, yeah, it's Paramount and Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like so, the sequel, um, I don't even need I don't even need a bad guy. I just want them like hanging out, talking to each other. And I'd be happy with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just like them hanging out like in the sewer. Please give me all of that. Now, am I crazy? It totally helped that they're all teenagers, right? Like that totally helps the movie. Like they Oh yeah, they, for they sure. Sound like they're having fun. Like it's not like listening to like a 55-year-old guy being a teenager like if everything felt so good and I was worried about no shredder but shit I love the bad guy in this yeah you didn't need you didn't need shredder in this movie like it um the story like it just they you know they kind of they wove the 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 story and the origin all together like so nicely and it didn't really feel like you were in a movie like you know it just felt like you were hanging out like i I don't know how to explain it like it was just so charming um the art was phenomenal um so good it was so good it did this really weird interesting trick of being like super, super dark, but also really bright. And I know that doesn't make sense, but when you see it, it all makes sense. <laughs> like, it's just like, there's lots of like dark shadows that go along with like, you know, okay, like they live in the sewer and we're talking about mutants and they're not, they're not like out in public yet and everything. And then, and they're also in like, you know, New York, it's a city. Um, but then they also have all these like really bright pops of like neon and, and things like that. And it just makes this really, really cool aesthetic where the, um, the art is very similar. If you've seen, uh, into the spider verse, um, or across the spider verse, either one of those movies, um, the art's very similar to that where it looks sketchy and like drawn and like the animation is a little bit stilted. So kind of it's reminiscent of like, uh, stop motion animation, but um, but it's still very like it's still different from Into the Spider Verse. Like it it's similar in that style and the way it looks, but it's still different and like I like fresh and cool. Yeah, yeah, man. I you know if like this movie definitely took a lot. Like it took some major creative liberties, like especially like their origin. And all of that, and they made a huge change to Splinter, but I am not complaining. I loved every choice they made. I I left this theater with just the biggest, like, I felt like I was a six-year-old kid again. Well, that's like, great. Yeah. Yeah, and Splinter they, Splinter is fantastic in this movie. Jackie oh, Chan, like, knocked it out of the park. Because, like, uh, man, about ten years ago, they, they did a complete relaunch of the comic. And it was my favorite iteration because they were actually a family from Japan that were murdered mm. by Shredder and they were all reincarnated as oh, these animals. That's an interesting take on it. Yeah, that's that's an interesting take. This does not have that take, so that's good because that would be dark. <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, I laughed so yeah, hard. No, at not the, at all. I, and actually, Jess, I laughed so hard at the end credits when it said "and introducing Paul Rudd." <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's gotta be. Yeah, I was like, oh, Seth Rogen, you were. (laughs) Well, it was funny because, like, I know I had read the cast list before, but I totally forgot that he was in it. And, like, you know, when when Gecko, when you first meet Gecko, I was like, wait, is that Paul Rudd? (laughs) And then when it started introducing, I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) And this all ties into our main event because Rose Byrne is in it. She's she's Leatherhead. That's true. She's got like, you know, five or six lines. <laughs> yeah. 
And most of it's G'day, mate. Yeah. Oh, man. Just I, I, I was worried how they were going to when I saw the list, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to have all these characters in this movie and not feel slighted? Like, oh, this person didn't get enough time. Right. But they man, they managed it super well. Like everyone got. I mean, of course, the turtles got the main spotlight, but man, like they really did a good job with the other mutants of of getting to see them and and uh, Post Malone's Ray Filet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> it's like I just the the first time he you meet him and he just says like singing and you're like, oh, <laughs> you're like okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, a- absolutely love the movie. I think you need to go see it. It needs to be seen in the theater. Um, but it's just, it's such a blast. It's so much fun to watch. June, I think you're going to love the shit out of it. And one thing, as a Turtles fan, you know, you go back, you watch all those live-action movies. I don't count the Michael Bay ones because those are dumb, but this one no, does a good like job the of... The yeah, this one does a good job of actually physically making all four turtles look completely different from each yeah, other. Yeah, just a different color bandana or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, um, no, they, yeah, like they really do. Mean. Yeah, like, he's short. He's the shortest one. He's got a watermelon head. Raph <laughs> is gigantic. Yeah, one of them's missing a tooth. I think that's Raph. Raph's yeah. missing a tooth. Um. Yeah, like Donnie actually has glasses. Oh, Donnie! <laughs> like, I will buy so all cute. of his merchandise. He Why do I get a stick? <laughs> <laughs> I just have a stick. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's uh. Yeah, go go see it. I I I give it a juicy. I think I think Jess gives it a rancid. Yeah, I, I totally hated it. Don't go see it. Um, <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, so yeah, I hated it. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Uh, and one more thing. Oh, well, a couple more things. Uh, we, the the are we're no longer going to be invading apples to oranges with synodudes. We're back on the original feed. Yeah, so, back, baby. So if you want to hear us, we continued. We continued our series. The Cynodudes are killing the Fox universe. We just watched 2005's Daredevil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is not the one that we just released. <laughs> uh, not Daredevil. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fantastic no, Four. that one's off. You know what? Those are both bad, though. That's the point. Exactly. That's Cynodudes in a nutshell. You just you nailed it. Thank you, Jim. Oh, shit. Jess, you know what's not on there? Uh, fucking Punisher. Oh yeah, the the not the mid the the movie oh, Thomas Jane. Thomas John Jane, yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, sure. We'll add that to the list. We have a whole. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, movies. There's like 30 movies, and I think 20 percent of them are like decent to watch. I was just gonna say. I mean, like. Uh, like when we get to, like when we start doing some X-Men movies, like some of them are good. <laughs> so that's that's going to be our the Cinedudes challenge is to keep talking during the good ones and not just sit there and watch the movie. I just watch Apocalypse. So we don't have to worry. That one's bad. Yeah, oh. no, we don't have to worry about that one. Last Stand will be fine. <laughs> like X1, we can find lots of stuff to riff on in X1. 
Yeah, what happens oh, to God. a toad when it, in a lightning storm? <laughs> like it is by the lightning. The same thing as everything else. Every oh, everything else. Cool. Thanks, Storm, for that oh, science God. lesson. She's won an Academy yeah. Award. Like <laughs> <laughs> She was the well, worst. Obviously, X two. I like X two, but like, I mean, my God, of, of the newer ones, like Apocalypse. Great. But Apocalypse, my God, like poor Oscar Isaac, like. That, oh, and then wasn't there the one right after the one where Jennifer Lawrence and Michael Fassbender might as well have been wearing T-shirts that were like, I am legally like obligated to be here. Like, I don't want to be, but I have to. Yeah, Dark Phoenix. That's Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. That was like, didn't Jennifer Lawrence, spoiler for a really terrible movie that came out five years ago. Didn't she? I remember I saw this one. She dies like in like the first 30 minutes, right? Yeah, she dies pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. She was Heard. sick of sitting in that makeup chair. Yeah, her arc was done. Yeah. She was done. Um, Olivia Munn couldn't even save that apocalypse for me. No. <laughs> She's not saving anything. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say something by looks alone, Paul. I okay. Well, and that's so weird. Like that was okay. Like that's the weirdest part she of apocalypse did. is Magneto or uh, apocalypse gives the those four like really cool outfits that. Like really, <laughs> and then like she's still like in a bathing suit. Like everybody yeah, I else know. is it's covered. It's so dumb. I know she it's like to, uh, we're gonna. She needed to stay in her wheelhouse though. Like she is not cut out for like actual acting. Like she's um. No. She's she, stand up is her background. She's st- like her big start was on the Daily Show with John Stewart. The, yeah, I never the saw that. The back of the show. I was just gonna say, wasn't she was on like um what what. Was that channel like G4 or something like that? G4. Is that what she was on? No, there you go. So like, I think her big thing though was being on the daily. She was, she was funny. Like, I think that is her background was like stand up kind of like comedy. Like she needed to just stay in that lane instead of trying to do like actual acting. Yeah. She was okay in the newsroom. She was still sort of like, honestly, it was sort of like a maybe toned down version of the persona that she had on the daily show, like a political course. Like she, you know, she was sort of like that. I jokey know, one on the. She was the funny one on the show. She was jokey. Oh, Peter doesn't like Olivia Munn. <laughs> no, Pete. Fuck out of here. Pete absorbed my like opinions and was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he absorbed them like fucking uh, rogue. Yeah, exactly. And it just came out on a bark. She's like, fuck her. <laughs> Uh, oh, and then and then you know what? We're uh, 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 keep your if I can get a fucking word out of my mouth. Keep uh, <laughs> keep your ears peeled because there's a new show on the horizon. Yeah, yo. Yeah, we're gonna be watching cartoons. Yeah, um, yeah. I've had an idea on it, on the back burner for a really long time. Um, and now it's going to be coming to fruition. So we're gonna we're gonna be starting out with. Um, do we want to say that right now? Do you want to? It's up to you. Okay. Um, so we're gonna be recapping '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Um, uh, that's what we're gonna be starting with. So it's gonna be like it is gonna be like a straight up like recap show where we watch episode by episode. Um, haven't really ironed out the details yet, but we're going to 
it's going to be um, a little bit similar to Cine Dudes in that we're going to like it's going to be funny. So we're going to we're going to make fun of it. But um, and like all the shows that we do on the show, we're going to make fun of them. But it's going to be out of like love and reverence. So I think it's going to be a fun um, because I love that cartoon so much. Eh, but it is also goofy as shit. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It excites me because that was my, like, I had a, my first ever podcast was similar where we just reviewed the animated series of Batman. So yeah. it's going to be fun to kind of get back to the roots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's exciting. I mean, I've, I've, I have a lot of experience with this cartoon. That's like one of my, like, one of the cartoons that really got me into, um, spidey and stuff like that so um that's that's really exciting for me and um it's really fun because man that that show goes all over the place i mean there's like you have spider-man's like whole rogue rogue gallery but then you also have like really weird like one-shot villains like alistair fucking Smythe, like like just weird like characters that don't really show up in the comics very often but then you also have like guest start like i know like blades in an episode somewhere um you got fucking uh uh i can't remember if iron man cap cap is definitely in like a couple episodes you get have a whole a whole like five part thing at like the back half of like i don't know i want to say it's like season three season four or something like that where it's just like a whole bunch of heroes come together to like fight a fuck like fight a pretend war it's so weird um so it's really exciting. Um, and some crazy voice talent in that show, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be a fun time. And then when we get done with that, we're going to jump into another 90s cartoon. We'll pick something. But. Yeah, man. I mean, we have uh, we've got all of D plus. We could do we could do turtles. We could go right into that. We could go into gargoyles. Lots of yeah, lots of things. Yeah, we have to do gargoyles just just for that gun episode. Like I can't. Oh my god, I was uh, talking. Whenever I think about, I was talking to somebody. They're like, I was. Who was I talking to? He was like, Yeah, man, gargoyles. I'm like, I know. I was so happy that uh, Disney put the gun episode on. He's like, What are you talking about? I go, Man, when I was a kid, I remember that being aired and then taken off the air. Like, Mm -hmm. and then it's on. It's and then there's there's. It's like it never happened. <laughs> like they never, know, right? never injured or anything. I know. I know. So great. Well, it's that. Then there's like a whole, the whole subtext of like her being in love with the gargoyle. So there's like this whole like weird, like bestiality subtext. Oh, she uh, fuck Goliath or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. A hundred percent. And she was a hot cop. Like, she was attractive I'm... for her. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right, all right. Enough. Of, yeah. So, so, so keep your ears peeled. Keep your ears peeled. But we're gonna be heading into the produce section. Welcome to the apple to oranges produce section. You will hear a breakdown of the newest trailers, what's coming soon, and the top ten for the week. In the produce section, everything is fresh and ready to be picked. Still can't find this song. <laughs> it's all right. We found another one. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's good. It, it 
it's good. But yeah, we're going to the produce section. There's not a lot of trailers that there's really no trailers that dropped. So the only thing we're going to talk about is the top ten. Well, that's good because and- I panicked for a second there, Paul. <laughs> no <laughs> shit, I didn't want you to trailers. <laughs> yeah, no, there was really nothing. There was nothing big. Um, so the other thing we'll do is kind of what's coming soon and then just go over the quick top 10 and into our quick hits and news nice. because, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I said <laughs> <German>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me the top ten. Give give me the top ten. (laughs) The wiener schnitzel. (laughs) You're going to divert to Schwarzenegger any second. I'm trying to ask you. Give me the top (laughs) ten. There it is. All right. right. Uh, Premiering Wednesday, we got Strange Planet. The thumbnail is fucking adorable. Mm. Um, We have uh, a new special premieres August 18th. Snoopy presents one of a kind Marcy. Maybe we'll get apple slices, but they'll probably be like, I'm too old for that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Invasion, August 23rd. Changeling. The morning show, June, September 13th. It's all June. Less than <laughs> chemistry. What the fuck is this? That's, um. Starring Brie Larson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Oh, I can't remember the scientist's name. In 1950s, Elizabeth Zott's dream of being a scientist is challenged by a society that says women belong in the domestic sphere. She accepts a job on the TV cooking show and sets out to teach a nation of overlooked housewives way more than recipes. Ooh. Cool. Oh, Louis Pullman. That's, that's Bill Pullman's son. Oh. <laughs> and then we got that Killers of the Flower Moon, where we'll probably all oh, need God. to talk to a therapist afterwards. <laughs> Is that the Leo movie? Yeah. And Brendan Fraser. Movie, and it's, it's going to be and so Fraser. long. It's, it's four hours long. It's like the fucking Irishman. This doesn't look too Wolf Wall Street. Even Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> was like three. Wasn't Wolf of Wall Street over three hours long? like three hours and five minutes there. I don't know what the deal like we do not need these like three hour like okay don't you think that like it's not I don't think I don't like this trend now hours like anything two hours or over like that was considered to be a long movie right that's like Look, Turtles was an hour and 39 minutes. You're in, you're out. It's a done. It was fucking awesome. And actually, it wasn't Barbie. Barbie was like an hour. Yeah, Barbie was short. Oh my God. That is what we need. It depends on the movie, though. Like, Endgame, if, like, I don't know, like, Endgame, it's like, yeah, it's long, but it goes by so quick. I was just going to say, like, yeah. Like it was more of like your Lord of the Rings. Like those were super. Like remember how like and those didn't come out all the time. Like okay. Titanic was super long, and like those were not. I really think with Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings maybe because you had three consecutive years, three hour long movies that I feel like from there it sort of just appeared to become the norm to just make your movies longer and longer and longer, but. Y'all, I'm 42 years old. I 
I lose my patience now. Like I'm, I do. I start losing my patience. <laughs> like when I look at a movie runtime, like when um for Oppenheimer, um, you're getting I'm pissed. I saw, but like part of it also was that like I was supposed to be on scenic cast, right? But yeah, I, I was gonna I look, say I that. I look at the runtime. Oppenheimer and I was like, didn't feel long. Yeah, over I didn't three hours long. Yeah, Oppenheimer didn't feel that long to me. It didn't feel that way, but I think going into a movie, like, I really should, I shouldn't look at the runtime anymore because the longer it is, like, I'm already tired before I even go to the goddamn movie. Like, just seeing that runtime just makes me go, I just want to, God, I just want to take a nap, y'all. Like, oh my God. Yeah, there are some, that should be, like, two hours or less most of the time. I feel like the score and then, was probably the Irishman did not need to be nearly four hours long. I My God, saw that. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> so goddamn long. That was so weird because like they, it was weird. They did a really good job of de aging De Niro, except for like his eyes and just the way like he breathed, like. Like, he looked like a 25-year-old man, but he was breathing and walking like a fucking 75-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, because like he was 75. Yeah, the blue eyes was weird, because I think Hoffa had blue eyes. So they gave him blue contacts, but it just... Like Jessica Alba in fucking Fantastic Four. Yeah, that. How, and, like, how she and Chris Evans are brothers, <laughs> like, I don't... I don't know. It was really convincing. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it was more convincing in 2015 with Michael B. Jordan and Kate. Mara. I was just gonna say it was more. It was more convincing that Chris, her, and Chris Evans were brother and sister than her dating Mr. Fantastic. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> God, what a fight! He was like a 55 year old man. I swear to God. Up with her brother, like, like this makes more sense. <laughs> Just go back. Just go back with Metal Face, Doctor Doom. Like he's fucking. He's hot. He only had one metal scratch on his face. That was it. Well, let's do some incest. Let's do some incest. Get with your brother. (laughs) Are they? So is it like for real? Like is that definite that Adam Driver is going to be? No, he's out. No, no, that's not. And who's going to be Sue Storm? And then or not Sue? Who's going to be? Margot Robbie was supposed like that was rumored, and she's not okay. The big news is that Vanessa Kirby and Joseph Quinn have signed on to play um, the Storm Kids or the uh, Sue and Johnny Storm. That's it, right? Oh, actually, Joseph Quinn would be good. Um, you know, he, I thought he was great in Stranger Things. Um, and then That's he all had I know a ton- <laughs> Well, no, he no I know. Right? One, he, he was in one episode of Game of Thrones, like not. It was like the well, the second to last, the penultimate season. He's one of the when Arya goes back to Winterfell, and uh, there's like two yeah. Winterfell guards, and they're like, we don't like they don't obviously don't recognize her, and so they don't believe her. And he's because I heard that he was in that episode, I found it, and I was like, oh, I gotta see this. So I like it was a small scene, but like he he was so young, so yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, like Johnny Storm, like you don't you don't need much, you just need to be snarky and um, have charisma yeah. and he could do both of those things. That's it. And, and you got to like in your, you got to be in like your early, tw- early to mid twenties, right? Like he's the youngest uh, of them. Right. Sure. I don't know. Well, however you want to age him, I guess like you don't have to follow that really. I mean, like, isn't he like, like really if immature, you, though? if you want him to be, 
if you want him to be in like, like if you want him to carry out what they, I guess want to do with like the fantastic four or whatever and make them, you know, like, like a big part of the MCU, then you, you want to age them close to Spider-Man's age. Um, that's like, they're, they're basically the same age in the comics, but that's, I mean, give or take five or 10 years, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know, I, yeah. They're saying Penn Badgley as Mr. Fantastic, but I want the dude from the White Lotus season two to be Mr. Fantastic. The, uh, I don't know who that is. The grandson, <laughs> Albie. That, that's who I want. Who's that? Uh, Dan Ramirez texted it. I can't get out of my mind. I'm like, yeah, that's that makes sense. That, that would be it. Let me see here. What's his name? Um, and I want the guy from the bear to be the thing. Yeah, you said that. Um, the cousin, cause, cause, uh, the guy that she, I want that as Mister Fantastic is Adam DeMarco. Okay, let me look this full. What was that? Um, so Joanna Robinson of the Ringer, like she, they were talking about that, and she, like her, she was. Kind of, it was during one of her Marvel, um, one of one of the MCU movie reviews. I can't remember which one. It was maybe last year, so whatever came out last year. And um, she, they were, and then she and her co-host uh, Valerie Rubin, they were ta- like kind of discussing like future castings or kind of like the like predicting, trying to forecast where the MCU was going to go. And they were talking about Fantastic Four, and Joan Robinson was just like, you know, my pick is is and has been for a very long time is Dev Patel. And when she said that, I was like, oh my God, I actually think that's perfect. For I Mr. Fantastic? Been, yeah, Dev Patel, I think. Uh, really I want him to be, good. I'd pick him for like, I don't know, an X-Man, like maybe like Cyclops. Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcraw- yeah. Nightcrawler's too obvious of a choice. Fine, yeah, I want I him as Rogue would- then. <laughs> Okay. He's. I don't know. I think he, gender I, swap. I think he would have been. I think he could have done a really good because he's such a good actor, and I think he could pull off snarky, especially if he stayed British. For yeah, I don't know, but I don't see. I don't know enough about Mister Fantastic to have like a good I casting. I like I feel like he just is should be kind of like assholeish and like smart, like yeah, not necessarily I I snarky. But I don't want him to be snarky because then he's going to be too much. I don't want him to be too much Tony Stark. Like he's got to be like, he's got to be like different. That's why I wanted, that's why I want um, Giancarlo Esposito as as Xavier. Cause like, I want to take on Xavier where he's like a fucking dickhead. Cause he kind of (laughs) is like, he just like fucking goes into people's minds all the time and doesn't really like think about the repercussions of that. Um, So I want him to like, I was really pretty. Yeah, yeah like but Fassbender Magneto is really pretty to look at. But I don't want him as Magneto. I want him as Professor X. <laughs> I don't want him. Jay McAvoy not as dreamy. Oh, I love James McAvoy. I would I would take James McAvoy over um, Michael Fassbender any day. Oh, Give me that Scottish so accent. Fuck. Like, oh, I don't understand a word you're saying, but I don't care. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. Wait, what is this? What was that guy's name that you said, Paul? Because I can't find him in this cast. Adam, Adam DeMarco. D I M A R C O. D I. He's got a very okay, innocent looking baby face. He looks so innocent. 
He really. So does. you want him as who? As Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He seems like he looks void to me. Oh, I don't like that mustache. He, well, he didn't. He doesn't normally have I mean, one. Um, he does. He looks similar to that other guy, but like better looking, I guess. All you gotta and do younger. is that white shit on the side of his eyes. <laughs> you just the the Doctor Strange lines. Doesn't he have those too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like that's how that's how Marvel. That's the, yeah, exactly. There you go. Is it Marvel? That's how they the. <laughs> that's how they mark a distinguished gentleman. Like ah, just give him some gray lines on his ears, and you're good to go. <laughs> He's smart. He's smart and distinguished. This guy's a surgeon. That guy's the smartest guy in the universe. <laughs> Tony doesn't get those lines because he was a drunk for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. uh, boy. Um, uh, see, but yeah, that's our that's our apple picking for Marvel. <laughs> I didn't even mean to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the apple pickings segment where we fan cast all of oh, our Marvel. To the holler where you get the pick. <laughs> Uh, top of the chart i'll get to this in a second top of the chart this week for apple tv at number one still at number one is hijack and that's just i guess that just finished this week at number two we get for number two get your pillows and blankets ready because we got foundation uh three ted lasso all right dang hanging in Hanging in there. Number four, Swagger. Okay. Number five, The After Party. Number six, I gotta start that. Physical. Seven is The Beanie Bubble. Eight is The Crowded Room. Nine is Silo. And ten is The Morning Show. The Crowded Room, I think that's getting the um, rubber neck. That's why it's still in the top ten, because... There's been so much negative press about that show. Like it has been so panned by critics and audiences that um I think people it's just it's one of those kind of like what I did with the Idol on HBO. Mm. One of those like I just wanted to watch the train wreck happening. Yeah, that's why that's why the crowded room. I mean, it's been in the top ten every yeah. week for a month now because I think it's just people are curious like. I think when you hear about how bad something is, like you watch it because you're like, is it that bad? Like you're curious and you're like, ooh, mystery. Um, June, did you watch Euphoria? No, because I don't like angsty teens. Oh, all right. I can't do it. I can't. I can't deal with like it's, you're a fucking teenager. Like, shut up. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> to Fez from that show. Oh, Angus McCloud. That was a that came out of nowhere. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. He was so good in that. Uh. And then um just a, like a couple that we've talked about at 11 and 12 is Platonic and Shrinking respectively. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. We'll get out I of the Beanie Bubble. Actually, did y'all watch Beanie Bubble? We'll save that for quick hits. No, not yet. Let's save that for quick hits. Oh, never mind. Forget I said that. Or, or I mean, like you don't have to. Or we can wait <laughs> to record it. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, let's. Yeah. So, Jess, hit us with the news. Okay, it's time for the apple to oranges. No, 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 no news, 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 news. 
And really, the only thing I the only thing I have for the news, and I forget that I even fucking made this thing, is we have now we have two canceled shows. So hang on a second. I forgot I made one. I didn't even realize this. This is amazing. My life is complete. I thought they was talking it. All right. We got two shows canceled by Apple TV. We have Suspicion, the Uma Thurman starring vehicle. That's been canceled. Oh, I think I tried watching. Wait. Is that the one where she's like the UN ambassador or like the yes. UK ambassador? And then her kid gets kidnapped. I think the um, Rod from Big Bang Theory. There's like a group of like young people like in their like early to mid twenties. For whatever reason, like they're under suspect by the FBI and like British, you know. Okay, yeah, and I think it was um, someone who was in Agents of Shield, Elizabeth Henstridge. Okay, I think I watched some of that, and then dropping weekly. Yeah. Kind of right when um you we had a lot of content. Like in 2021, like I think the problem was there was no content really to release for the better part of 2020. So like you just had a shit ton of stuff. Remember how much we were reviewing in 2021? Oh, so much. Oh, so yeah, much. We, and, like there was just we were so crazy. much like it was insane. Like I'm glad that they slowed the release schedule down, but 2021, I mean it was like every week it was like two movies and five TV shows. I mean, it was insane. And, uh, yeah, we would do like so four shows. So I we did could watch do that. Now. <laughs> uh, uh, so that 2021, we weren't people weren't. I, I, we weren't socializing that much. You know, for the most part, people were staying in, and so. I still live like it's a pandemic. I barely go out. <laughs> 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 um. This one, I did not share this in the notes because this happened yesterday, but not to my surprise, City on Fire has been canceled. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Paul. <laughs> I and know you this, really love that show. <laughs> I love the book, but like this is starting to get some attention because the lead star is now the new girlfriend of Pete Davidson in real life. Oh. So everybody's like, oh, Pete Davidson's girlfriend lost her job. Ugh. So I don't know, but yeah, that's that's our news. Like city on, good riddance, city on fire. You fucking stupid show. God, it could have been so good. Uh, the show that could have been, it never was. Yeah, it's been my fucking dating life. All right, here we go. Sorry, I gotta edit that. Out. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're gonna edit that out. Okay. Yeah, I don't. We don't edit here. <laughs> what are we talking about? Nope. All right. So, All right. Um, do you want to update on the? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Give us the. <laughs> Jess, the... you gotta do like a strike, strike, strike. <laughs> strike, strike, strike. We're gonna come. We're gonna burn down your house. <laughs> what do you do if you're these writers and actors? You pick it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know. The writer strike did like pretty much writer strike sort of started 
you know, the slowdown in production in Hollywood and uh, with the writer strike that, you know, went into effect, uh, not the right, the, the actor strike that went into effect a couple weeks ago, you know, pretty much everything had been shut down. Like, you know, there was no red carpet or like anything for Oppenheimer or Barbie and any of these movies coming out. Like I know um, Disney blames the actor strike for the poor numbers on the Haunted Mansion, although I heard it actually wasn't very good. But, um, you know, because none of those actors could do any promotion for it. But and like, you know, there's productions have been shut down, but they um, have now entered into interim agreements. Um, this week, so the SAG, one of the ter- a couple of the terms that they proposed when they were trying to negotiate settlements last month, um, it was a new minimum wage that's 11% higher than before and uh, guarantees about revenue sharing and AI protections. So independent producers and smaller film studios like A24, um, they are, some of them have agreed to these terms if they can continue to film. So um, that is why you're seeing like you're seeing some news about people. Act, some, some movies are actually like and I think some shows um, are able to continue uh, filming and they're able to continue working on those. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't look like but I don't think it's um, I think they were hoping and they felt a little more optimistic about this like a week ago. But now that we're actually yeah. into the first week of August, um, I think they were sort of like Labor Day. Like they wanted it. To, I think most people want it to be done by Labor Day. That's not happening. It's not going to happen. That's yeah. like four weeks away. Nope. So it's, um, David Zaslav just said something stupid. He's like, he's like, of course, I want the strike to end. He's like, but HBO or Max has also like saved $100 million in paying actors and writers. It's like, why do you talk? Why do you get up and say stuff? Those are such short-term solutions because basically what they're doing, they just want to make Wall Street happy, right? Like, and so it's just, these are short-term things. Like, yeah, okay, so you've saved all this money now, but here's the thing. You're also not making anything to put out there to make money. Like, that's what you do. And it just, it's so stupid. And it's funny, we were talking about this before we started recording. When the writer's strike happened, Netflix was like the big bad. And everyone was angry at Netflix, right? Because Netflix was like the first one to like do the streaming, right? Mm-hmm. And so people kind of looked at them like, oh, like you're the ones that started all of this. And then David Zaslav, CEO of uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, was just, you know, he did that horrible um, speech at uh, Boston College's, uh, he did the commencement speech at the graduation, it was so tone deaf. And he, was at Cannes and he threw this like really big lavish like party with like Don Marion Champagne. I, I mean, it was just so out of touch. But then like right now, I think right now it's Bob Iger at Disney. Um, he has made people unhappy and I don't know what his, I don't understand what he's doing because I think it was last week. He, he, it, it, no one understands what he's, like what he's thinking because he just started talking about like all these like maybe we want to sell like a minority share of ESPN maybe we'll sell Hulu maybe we'll sell all that like ABC like maybe we'll get rid of that and everyone is like I mean are you just like thinking out loud in the interview or are you like literally just throwing stuff out there and seeing if people with money are gonna like look like are you trying to see if anyone's gonna bite at any of it it just makes no sense and he made some comments in a CNBC interview 
right when the actor strike happened. So yeah, he's uh he's now the big bad. Tim, I, oh. I think Apple is good though. I don't think Tim Cook. I, I don't think Tim Cook. There's very very little chance that he would be ever the villain, like the face of the bad guys. Yeah, no, Bob Iger is gonna get his fucking house burned down. <laughs> Jesus, you know, if I were him, you know, he is. He, he okay, say like this is pre November 2022. Um, before that, like he had, he was gonna be known. He was, he had a legacy, like his reign as CEO of Disney, like those like twenty like audience twenty plus years or whatever. That was like when Disney made all their fucking money. And, you know, he oversaw that because that was when Linear Cable was still the only game in town, right? And, you know, under it was under Bob Iger that he acquired, he was able to acquire Pixar and Marvel and Lucasfilm. Like, you know what? I think a mo- a lot, I feel like a lot of the money was from ESPN. Like, ESPN was just literally just printing bills it was so so lucrative then but you know obviously the way that media like how we how media has changed so much so quickly for him to come back and he is not he's he was like they're like we gotta bring Iger back right like th- this is like Disney, everyone at disney right now is like we're a shit show we gotta we, we gotta write the ship like let's bring back bob Iger. i think it was such a mistake for i mean for him personally that is a big mistake. I think it's like I think he is immediately regretting all of like coming back because this is like I don't know if he can write the ship right. Like I don't know if like his second round as CEO. I feel like that if it if he doesn't handle it well, like that's what everyone's going to remember him for. He couldn't save Disney. Mm. So it just yeah I don't know why he would even try to go back like. Money talks. Enjoy your, enjoy your, no, enjoy. He already has billions. Enjoy your fucking billions. Because apparently he, Bob Iger, thought about running for president. Like this was like maybe in the mid 2000, like, or like, yeah, like mid 2000, like mid 2000, like, yeah, like maybe around 2010 or like he was actually thought about running for president, but like he does not like that press. Like he's not thick skinned enough. He doesn't like critic. He doesn't like having bad press, and so yeah. So it's like if you know you don't like bad press, you already have billions. You just like enjoy your billions. Stay out of the spotlight. Yeah, quit fucking so. shit up, Iger. God. Um, or just not fixing anything because I don't think he's actually fucking shit up. He's just not fixing anything. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. No one knows what to do. I feel like he's fucking up by just talking. Yeah, like, uh, Clark Gregg all mad. Yeah. All right. We're going to jump into our quick hits. Thank you, June. I don't know anything about the writer's strike, but thank you for keeping us informed because, I mean, it's definitely going to start affecting us here on this show if this shit doesn't get solved quickly. Because we're not going to have anything to talk about. All right. Let's see here. What the fuck is it called? Whether it's brand new or a forgotten gem, these are Apple's quick hits. 
This is a very bumper centric episode. Um, June, June, you watched the Beanie Bubble. Just give us a quick little uh, review. I mean, it's um, I feel like um, there's a distinction between based on a true story, fired by true events. I feel like if you're gonna like label something as based or based on facts, like you have to close to the actual historical material, right? If it's something like this was a inspired, I mean, it is about um, the founding of the Thai toy company. Um, its founder, Thai, uh, this man, Thai Warner, um, a very weird eccentric guy. He's played by Zach Galifianakis, but the movie kind of, um, like he's not a great guy. So the movie It's more so like that these like picks out three women uh, and it's played by Sarah Snook and uh, Elizabeth Banks. And I cannot remember her name off the top of my head, but she's um, a young Indian actress. She is in that show Miracle Workers with Phoebe Shemi and David and, and Daniel Radcliffe. She's really funny. But, like these three women, um, how they, how important they were to the whole Beanie Baby thing, and it's the starting of all of that. Nakis, um, first time anyone's ever seen it without any facial hair, and it's fucking weird. Uh-huh. Turned it on Saturday morning. Um, like we were laying around in bed, and I, I, I started playing it. And I knew that Zal Galifianakis was starring as the main character. I just waited for my husband because I knew he was going to be like, who is that? Like, boy, he sounds like Zal Galifianakis does not look like him. It is weird. Paul, It was, was it not weird? I didn't see the movie. It, who? Oh, am I the only one then? Have you all seen pictures at least, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen the trailer. It he looked very weird. Yeah, I've seen pictures, but yeah, I did not watch this. Again, it's so fucking weird. But it's basically, you got people don't remember in the 90s, um, Beanie Babies, those like little plush, floppy, you know, stuffed animals, like little beads, you know, in them. Um, those insanely lucrative in the 90s um people were under the impression it had to do with the uh, second like sale market because this is in the early 90s and you had the internet coming out and like really um just sort of this you had they call it this reason why it's called the beanie bubble though it's kind of like the dot com it was you know people or even now people like investing you know in you know new apps and startup companies like it is this bubble where you think it's like this is the thing that's going to make me money so people like would collect these beanie babies because the thai toy company was very smart about kind of like different beanie babies like they were there's only so many right this is a limited edition and uh they were so popular and then it just became from this kid's toy to the collector world and then it just snowballed from there and you had, I mean, you have people who now have like thousands of fucking Beanie Babies that they bought in the 90s because they thought that they would be able to make money. And so, I mean, yeah. so the movie kind of tracks that progression. Um, so, 
how the, I mean, it, there, there are some things that are interesting about it, but like the disclaimer, they're trying to be cheeky with it. It's like about, you know, the, the parts of this movie based on treatments, like, you know, we have tried to tell as accurately as possible. And then it was like the rest is made up. So like the, the three women that you actually follow around, um, those characters, they have different names from the act than the actual people that they are portraying in real life. So, I mean, you kind of, you can't look at this as like an actual, like historical, like real factual telling of the toy, you know, the Thai toy company of Ty Warner himself and his relationship with these women. Like it, it is very much taken with, you need to take it with a grain of salt. So. Okay. So it's definitely worth checking out though. Yeah. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well. you know, it's not it's not rotten. It's not rotten. It's one of those. If you're bored, like on if it's like say it's like raining and you're bored and there's nothing to do, yeah, it's like a fun watch. It's not long. Did uh did you watch anything else, June, on Apple TV that's not physical? Mm-mm. Uh, Jess, you you finished Platonic. Oh wait, no, I said I did. Not, oh, we we finished that a couple weeks ago. There you go. There, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, June, are you talking about platonic? Yeah. Yeah. Last week you gave it uh, a juicy. Yeah, it was good. Um, and I like that's a limited series. Um, I think I mean Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen are great together, and I do love like like this is my my thing and. I always complain, like, why can't, like, a male and female character, like, why, wh- like, why can't there, like, it seems very rare that you have characters that are just strictly platonic, right? Like, literally, there's never been, they never hooked up, there was never any, like, sexual attraction to each other, like, you've just been friends this whole time. And so, um, and I think, so I think that's what I appreciate about it the most. And that the, um, and like, I like, I think it was an interesting twist on like the jealous husband thing though. Like he wasn't thinking and it was, I think he was sort of like, I don't think she, I don't think it ever crossed his mind that like his wife is sleeping with this college friend of hers. I think it was the sort of the, um, the emotional connection, you know, that Roseburn and Seth Rogen have, like their characters have. And they have all these inside jokes, right? And they have this like, shared history together that this husband was not a part of for a while so i think that's an interesting thing on the jealous husband thing like it's just more about like like you know how like she when she gets fired from her job she doesn't tell her husband for like a week yeah but she tells yeah. her that but she tells her best friend from college and so it's just one of those like it's an interesting take on the that dynamic and i like that they took the sexual component out of it completely. Um, And so um, I will say the, the one episode that I thought or the way that it was. So, and my husband, you know, he's an attorney. So this episode, he was kind of like, I think this might be my favorite one. As it started, it was when she goes back to work, right? She, she gets a job at a law firm, but because she hasn't worked in what, like they, she'd been out of the game for what eight years or something. 
she's got to come back. She, she's starting off as a junior associate, like with your, so with 20 year olds. She's like, yeah. in her, so she's 20 years older. And like, because that is how, it, I mean, for the most part at law firms, like, like my husband went to law school later. So he was probably, you know, like eight or 10 years older than a lot of the people he went to uh, law school with. So, you know, he was, now granted, he was in his 30s when he started, when he got from law school and uh, joined a law firm. But like, I think it's different if you are in your 40s, like in your mid 40s, and you're in every, and then you're having to work with like 22, like, or not 22, but 25 year olds. Like it's, and so that was funny. And then the, the kind of office politics of that, um, but I think that episode, I think it would have been better if like the whole thing with the painting, like, I think that was stupid. The whole thing of like, she rips the painting and then tries to get to me, like we were both like, <laughs> and like, that's why she got fired. Um, like that we thought was sort of unnecessary because she already fucks up. Right. Cause she makes a really terrible, inappropriate comment to one of the other junior associates, like in the break room. you masturbate in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Like she says this thing out loud in front of a bunch of people. Like it should have been, I think it would have been funnier if she then tries to overcorrect, right? Like she, under, like, like HR is like, okay, so this was brought up to a blah, blah. And so then she's like, oh fuck, I got to make it up to this guy, right? So then she asks Seth Rogen, she's like, explains what happens. And he's like, okay, this is what you've got to do, right? And they come up with some solution that they think is going to, like, make things, like, you know, ease the tension and whatever, right? And, like, it just backfires. And, like, and then that is why she, like, ultimately, like, the thing that she does to fix what she originally said ends up just not going at all as planned or in a completely different direction, right? And it makes things worse. And that's how, like, I think that would have been better than the thing with the painting, yeah, because yeah. I feel like, yeah, I, I just feel like that would have been more in their character. Like, I could totally see her character, like, freaking out and being like, how do I fix this? Uh, Jess, what did you think of Platonic now that it's all wrapped up? Uh, yeah, I, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a solid, a solid um, series. Um, I, I liked how it wrapped up. Um. Yeah, it was really good and serious. <laughs> serious interrupting me. I really need to turn that off. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I just said. I guess I said, oh, I said the S word. Sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was a, it was fantastic. It was great. Um, I agree with June uh, that it was nice to see a platonic relationship and, and you know I mean it was brought up like a bunch of times about the nature of the relationship but they never actually crossed that line which I appreciate and um Rose Byrne and um Seth Rogen uh both have really great chemistry with each other so they were they were super fun um I mean it was kind of sad you know a little bittersweet at the end you know how he you know he moved away and everything spoilers sorry and um but whatever um and that you know because they weren't because both of them were actually like getting on with their lives and being successful and dealing with their shit that they didn't actually like need each other anymore so that was kind of sad because it's like oh can't you guys be 
friends without, you know, like, can't you guys hang out without being like a complete disaster? But well, apparently not. So, but I think what I also liked about that too, though, is like, I mean, you know, I know this is the case with my, especially my, you know, friends that, you know, from college and stuff. Also, you know, I don't have kids, right? So, like, a mo- a, most of my friends do have kids. And so, but it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, you evolve with the friendship. And, yeah, you may not obviously be able to, like, hang out as much as you did before. Like, you know, I have a few friends, you know, with kids that I know. Like, I may not talk to for, like, six months, right? But, like, I know that yeah. if I ever called, like, that person's going to be there for me. And I mean, so I think that I felt, I actually thought that was kind of nice. I felt like it was very realistic of like how friendships evolve from like college through adulthood, especially when, when, when you both have completely different lives. Cause they do like, he's in the oh, yeah, you know, service industry. She kids, you know, and a husband. And oh, yeah. No, I mean, I get it. Like, I get it. I agree with it. I just think it's bittersweet and sad. <laughs> like, it's sad. Yeah. And I think and I think it's sad when that happens in real life. Like, because I mean, that's definitely happened to me. Like, it's realistic. Like, it's happened to me with friends, too. But that doesn't make it less sad to me where I was like, oh, man. But like, I did like, I did like how they kind of brought it back, you know, when they when they meet up um, at the wedding and she mm-hmm. like, you know, I just I just have to lay it out. I just have to lay it out there. And he's like, I don't want to do this right now. And she's like, No, I mean, I just have to, like, I have to get tell you this. We saw a fucking UFO. <laughs> I was so good. He's like, We totally did. Jeff, just next time I come to Philly, we better see a UFO. Oh man, if we would have got, if it was dark when we were looking for Kevin Bacon, we would have gotten out of the car. We definitely would have seen a UFO. Like, there's no question. Like, there were no lights out there. It was just fields, like. We would have seen a UFO for sure, 100. percent That'd have been amazing. You know, so what? What I, what I, what I think, what I liked, I was like, you know, at the if we go to the beginning of the show, what, you know, they were best friends from college, they were best friends for a while, and like what caused the rip in the friendship though is because his he he was getting married, and um, and he, what it had been like, what they hadn't spoken in like five years or something, right? Like it had been a while. They they didn't speak for a while. Um, before like, like in the beginning yeah in the beginning right like but because like what caused it though is because before he was getting married and this the, the woman is pretty awful um rose Byrne was just like dude i just i don't think she's good for you like i don't think she's a good person and i think this is a big mistake and like i mean i what well, i have had a friend who you know he his first marriage was to somebody that everyone was like that is that's not nope and uh you know they got divorced and then when he was going through his divorce he told us he was like don't let me do that again and it was just like you have to tell me right but when he was getting married a second time it was not the right person and some people told him i know how that goes right because i know you might say that but you're not going to want to hear it but it's actually that time. I know that. And, uh, but some people did and, uh, it hasn't been great. Yeah. I mean, it's a tricky, that's a tough, that's a tricky thing. That is really tricky. So, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of like that. That's what starts the conflict in the first place. Like I thought that was, 
I thought that was the, the choosing that specific thing because I think we've all been, we've all had those friendships, right? Where someone is with the, a wrong person, right? In a romantic relationship. And you're just like, that's, that's not good. <clears throat> and that's all. You don't know what, and sometimes it's like, for the most part, you really can't have that conversation. Yeah, at least not yeah. until after where it's like, yeah, man. <laughs> in hindsight, like in hindsight, but like before, like, I think it's very rare, very, very rare that you actually get the person to like come to their senses and not be pissed at you. I think probably 95% of the time you're, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna end up in a fight. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's platonic. Uh, the only other thing I watched on Apple was I watched, um, I watched the first two episodes of Hijack. Dang. I finally decided to I finally decided to take the plunge. Um it is an absolute juicy. Um, yeah. It is it's fucking insane. Intense. I people, yeah, I want to get people to watch it. I kind of want to get like there's a little bit of like a hook where you're kind of like, "Oh, because like uh they really show you what's happening like on the ground and then what's happening in the airplane." Okay. Like, because like, uh, Idris Elba is coming to home to his ex-wife from uh, Dubai. Yeah, they're uh, they're flying back to London, right? Aren't they going yeah, to coming back from London, and then the, yeah. the hijack happens. And then there's some shit that Idris Elba does where you're kind of like, okay, well, what is this guy actually trying to do? Like, and you're getting all this stuff filled in between conversations with the other passengers, with the crew, with uh, the family members at home and the people in air traffic control that are trying to solve this mystery. Like it's really, I'm, I'm excited to finish it. It's really fucking good. Nice. Is, I've heard it's really good. Hang on. Is the first class on this plane, is it like the little pod where the seats like recline all the way back? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about though? Like there's some first no. class seats that are like these, like they're like little like pods and um, seats like recline all the way back. Like it's like a bed. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. I mean, they don't show that. Like they definitely talk about how the plane does do overnights. Like, but the only thing I see in first class is that like each seat has like a little like shade to push to the side. So you don't see the person next to you. That's all they have. But it's, it's really good. There's a lot of cool things that like at first I'm like, how are we going to do like a 10 episode season of just one hijack? But they're really making it. They're yeah. really making it. More thing though, where it's kind of like it's, of this flight, however long, what what is it like a six hour flight or something? Yeah, six hour flight. Okay, so then it's like so it's kind of like a twenty four thing where it's yeah, like the whole the whole season twenty four happens in a day. Yeah, I don't think this whole season is gonna. I don't think each hour is one hour of the flight. Um, but I see what you're saying, like because uh, they are doing some flashbacks too, but it is it is really good, especially when they start involving the air traffic control people from uh like Saudi Arabia that it gets oh, really fucking compelling. It's it's so good and it's just like 
Yeah, like I said, it's really cool that you kind of like you know his intentions are good, but it's like you're doing some things that could really make you look shady, dude. Like it's it's really cool. It's it it's it's definitely doing a good job of keeping your interest into this. Hmm. Yeah, I I recommend it. Okay. Well, that's cool. Are you mad that you like couldn't watch any more of it? Yeah. Or are you happy that you broke it? <laughs> I well, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if you were like, oh, okay, cool, I get a break because this is really intense, or if you were like, oh, I need to know what happens next. No, no, it it's kind of like okay, it's a weird comparison. Like, I kind of am. Gl- I'm kind of glad I'm watching this all the way. Oh, I'll be watching it all the way through, pretty much. Like, I can just get yeah. it all over with. Like yeah. I kind of <laughs> wish, I kind of wish that happened when I watched that TV show, A Teacher, because I watched it when it was mm-hmm. being dropped weekly. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. no, I just need a binge. I need to purge was, this shit. I out. need to get yeah. it. Yeah, get it out of yeah. my system. <laughs> I don't want to live with this shit week to week. Oh, that show was gross. Good show, but ugh. <laughs> but super gross. It was disgusting. I messed up. Wait, did I mess up? Did you? There was there was two episodes of physical. There was. Did you only watch one? I only watched the first one. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Yeah. I have right, notes on both, so we could just do one, the first one today. Like, uh, do right. you want to do like a little recap of where we left off in season two? Oh wait, 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 wait. Um, are we going to be doing that? I don't no. know if we're doing this for main events, but I have been watching the after party. Oh, nice. the new season, yeah. I need to watch that. It is, it is a low crisp. Oh no, that's well, that's sad. That's, remember, because I was not, I was not as maybe my expectations for it were like way too high because you had so many amazing actors in the first season. I mean, you had amazing people right in that first season. I mean, that that cast was like comedy gold, and um. You know, and then because it's Bill Lord and uh, Chris Miller, like I, I unfairly put maybe too high expectation on it. So it felt the first season fell flat for me. And I know both of you loved that first season. So Paul, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Not, yeah. So Paul, if you're not loving the second season, I have a feeling I probably won't like it at all. No, and they really go overboard. Like, like I remember the first season; it was fun because each episode was like a different genre. Yeah, and, yeah, like, and in a different, cool. another person's perspective too. Yeah, yeah, and they never like they never really went full ham on the genres. Like they gave you just enough, but this one, Jesus, we have Too a whole, much. we have a whole Bridgerton one, which was annoying. Um, um, they do an entire Wes Anderson one. Oh, okay. I feel like which, on paper that sounds fun, but I can see how. <sighs> see how it would be difficult to execute <laughs> on screen Paul's but like, like, uh, but like you, you see what i'm saying though like when you say it like on paper like i feel like that sounds that actually sounds really funny but i think all this yeah. would have been done better with the first cast like if they but i yeah i'm not mm. i'm not i'm just kind of watching just because i feel invested enough like mm. interesting yeah it, um so is it? I I know Sam Richardson, and then I forgot the actress's name. Um, I know and Tiffany Haddish is the guy who plays Tiffany Haddish's like partner. Um, no, 
He's not. Oh, I love that John Early. He actually just uh, dropped a uh, HBO stand-up special. He's funny. I love that guy. He's really, really funny. Um, yeah. Oh, I hate that he's not. He, he doesn't come back. This he is one of the reasons he was why. her uh, partner. He was like the she was the te- she was the lead detective and he was her partner. I mean, I know I remember her having a partner. I just his fa- yeah. face is blank. He is <laughs> he is so I love that guy and I'm oh that makes me sad See, too that look, he's not in and it. And that's what I don't like about this is and this isn't even that big of a spoiler because you're told this within the first minute, but she quit the force because of that case, so she's not even a cop anymore. Oh. So oh. it's like, then what's she so doing like, at the wedding? Because he calls her and she's like interrogating the people. It's like you can't, like you're not a cop. Well, she yeah. was, I don't know. I, I mean, and she's he's not, not like a, a PI. Either. He's not a cop uh, either. And he, oh, maybe yeah, I think PI she is a can't PI. Question people. Yeah, but like the PI yeah, can't question people. No, and they're like, like uh, his his girlfriend Zoe or whatever her name was. Like she's like. She's actually like moved. well, not officially question people, <laughs> but like it's a fucking TV show. Yeah, I know, but still, like compared to the first, like they it was no, more... I'm just I that was was just what my question was was do like was she a PI because that would make sense, but if she's not, then that's stupid. I'm trying to like and and that's what sucks is I just don't care enough to like really pay that much attention to it. <laughs> yeah, and which is total that's valid. Yeah, I mean that's valid. If you don't know, then that that's failing. The show's failed. Like, yeah. But I do know. love, I do Let love the know. guy from Silicon Silicon Valley, uh, the big, tall, goofy guy, Zach Woods or whatever. He's oh, I do love him. He is one of the best. He is character actor because the first thing I ever saw him in, remember he was in the Office. In the yeah, he's season. Gabe. Gabe from the Office, and then um. Is, he's a favorite character actor. Like he's in like every Paul Feig movie. Um, like he's some he he is like a small bit, like tiny part. Like in the Ghostbusters with Melissa McCarthy and all them. Like you see him at the beginning. He does the he's the tour guide for that haunted mansion thing. And then um, in yeah, Spy funny. in in Spy, he's the guy who like tries to poison uh, Rose Burns's drink. Like yeah, he's a He's great. I love. So yeah, like he's funny. This? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna finish it. But yeah. yeah. How is um Jack Whitehall? He's okay. I liked him way better yeah. in the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> I don't know who. I don't know who that is. I don't. I don't Jack know. Whitehall? He's just a British, a young British comedian that he's I just, happen to like. And sometimes he can be annoying. That's why I asked you if you liked him, because like certain roles he could be in, he can be like super annoying. But he doesn't do that much funny. comedy in this. He's just kind of like a jackass. Mm. Uh, well, that's disappointing. I know it's and, and they're really, like well, like they're taking Paul Walter Hausen, like they're doing Stingray times like a hundred. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Not the biggest fan. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, yeah. I, for, I didn't even remember that he was supposed to be in that season. So, all right. Okie dokie. June, was he nominated for that Richard Jewell movie? No, actually, that was um Kathy Bates though was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for playing his mom. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, Jess, if you're ready, I'm going to tag you in for... Yeah, I hope you're ready, because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> like, nah, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> skip. <laughs> what if, tag you in for that's, what I, what if, that's what I did. I was just like, skip, sorry. Nope, can't. Can't do it. Can't I will get you next it. week. Uh, <laughs> and we're out of here. Um... All right, everybody. Our main event today, we we watched, well, some of us watched two episodes. <laughs> one, of us, one of us only watched one. <laughs> uh, we watched this new <laughs> That's fine. It's totally fine. Um, we watched the new season of Feasical. Feasical. Did you want to know what? Because I actually rewatched like the last like four episodes of the second season where we left off in the second season. I mean, you can because I do. I can give I could be like, well, shit's a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I mean, this is shit's fucked short. Up. I mean, it'll be it'll just be basically like this is what at, like at basically the finale, like Go the affair between Bream and um, Sheila, like that comes out. Right. And um, at the finale, Bream's wife, uh, her baby's born prematurely, and it was really scary. And like Bream is like convinced that oh, this is like because shitty things that I've done, like they're punishing my wife and newborn baby. And so, um, you know, Sheila goes to recovery for eating disorder, and she actually seems to be doing pretty well by the end of the finale. Um, but Danny knew she was having an affair and then found out who with whom she was having the affair and uh because it was Bream, that's his mortal enemy uh he can't do it so they're getting divorced by the end of season two uh greta and sheila have gone into business together um to create to sort of expand on um sheila's fitness brand they are and ernie's an investor there's um basically danny and sheila they're getting divorced but California is a community property state, and there's some question as to does Danny is Danny entitled to, you know, any part of the business, and so that's how we leave off with them. And then in terms of Sheila's business, she is trying to launch a new product, the Stepper. But the very last thing we see is, um, oops, sorry. The very last thing we see though is uh, there she's clicking on the TV and a sitcom has already come out with a stepper like product so she was beaten to the punch and so she goes to bream um at the very end and says basically says i need you to help me do some shady shit so i can come out on top and that's where we go into this third and final season yay thank you um yeah so in our first episode um, we have, uh, Sheila, well, we just heard she went into business with Greta. Um, and so basically what I'm going to do is I'm just going to run down kind of like what, where each character is at. So Sheila's in, uh, business with Greta. Um, and we heard the step, um, step workout was stolen by that sitcom, sitcom actor. Her name is Kelly Kilmartin and she is played, uh, by Zoe Deschanel. Um, 
and we actually get to see her in this episode, although we only see her, aside from her TV appearance on the Johnny Carson show, we, we only see her um, as a hallucination for um, uh, for Sheila. So Sheila, her voice is gone. She had gone to um, her uh, rehab and she kind of graduated her rehab. She got to go home. And um, now she's back, although we do see her, um, one of her, the the people that she went to rehab with, um, they started a weekly group. So she is doing that weekly group. Um, let's see. So she, she starts seeing Kelly Kilmartin instead of hearing those voices. And she's saying, you know, all the shit, basically a lot of the shit that the voice would say, but she's seeing um, this woman say it in this uh, crazy Southern draw. Um, and, um, ultimately she ends up killing the step idea, um, and gets a segment on, uh, the wake up show. So, uh, in Greta's, Greta's world, she's obviously helping Sheila out, but she's also having some probably, 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 wow, I can't talk today. Jesus Christ. Just have the problems with Ern, with with her husband. Um, so Ernie is the like the money side and the business side, and actually this entire business, it's like the the board um, of this business is Ernie and Greta and Sheila and Danny because Danny has to worm his way in, and he, we saw that last season where he was like, I get half, and we're like, fuck you. Um, so um, Ernie. I we get business Ernie in this episode like he's all business he's not he's not fun Ernie we don't get like we don't get like bald yeah we don't we don't get like you know bald lady fucking Ernie we get like yeah POS like mean business Bernie Ernie <laughs> yeah, that must be Greta's real hair because he's like super mad, like all the time right now. <laughs> he's I want that on so his shirt. Ball fucking, ball lady fucking. Yeah, so he's like he's like super mad. Um, he's mad at Sheila because uh, she wants she's spending all the money. She's like testing products, and he's mad because she she's. Like he wants her to like focus on reality as it is and not try to like be a visionary, I guess. And like he has a point and she has a point, so it's whatever. But he's still he's all business. And then um Greta, you know, makes some jokes at a at a like a dinner function. Well not a function, it was like a dinner party with friends. She makes she cracks a joke. He brings her into the into the other room and is like, don't make fun of don't ever make fun of me in front of people. Don't embarrass me. And, you know, like, fuck you, because we would have nothing if it wasn't for my money. And he's been a real asshole. I thought he was going to slap her around. I did, too. I was like, holy shit, Ernie. What the fuck, man? And, you know, she gets real upset and is like, OK, like trying not to cry. And then she goes and talks to um, Sheila about it. But, of course, Sheila is only so helpful, as helpful as Sheila can be. And then decides that she just has, like, a whole argument with a figment of imagination in her head in the in the next room over. <laughs> it's glass doors. Um, she's walking around. <laughs> she's walking around. She's circling an, an, an imaginary person. And Greta's oh like, uh. <laughs> expression throughout the episode. 
like as Sheila kind of becomes like, and I mean, I know Paul has more psycho one, but like, I think this is going to be something that we see the whole season. Like even yeah. this episode was hilarious, but just Greta's expression. Like yeah, as no, Sheila, like the, the, like she kind of like Greta's face during that whole scene. Cause the, everything is glass, right? Yeah. The whole office. <laughs> yeah she's like, not hiding no at all. Privacy. There's no <laughs> privacy. So nope. like, Sheila is just walking around that center. It's like the lobby, I think. She's just circling the fucking lobby, like round and round and round and round and round and like talking, talking, talking and like Greta's yeah. face. Because Greta's yeah. sitting there and then she kind of like, I think she sees like Sheila, like she kind of notices like something in the corner of her eye is like something's Great. moving and she like looks over and she's like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. Well, we'll get because the last thing that Sheila said to her is like, okay, I'm going to get you a glass of water. Yeah. You know, because oh Greta's God. like sitting there pouring her heart out and being like, I'm not good enough and I can't even turn on the ro- remote without my husband. And she's like, fuck him, dude. I'm going to get you a glass. Like, I'm going to. I'm get you a glass of water. And then, and then well, and because she yeah. also sees the vision out, you know, of the corner of her eyes. So she's oh like, I'm going to get you a glass of water. Uh, so I got to go see. It is weird. <laughs> it is. It, I enjoy it's funny. It's funny. visions a lot. Um, yeah. These are pretty great. Um, let's see. Danny is a total mess. Um, he's still trying to save the environment i guess i don't know it's so like it's so i love how rory scoville can just he can make this character like seem so insincere when he's trying to be sincere like it's it also so it's amazing can't help but feel a little bad for him because he's so so pathetic he's such a loser he chased the car that was three miles away he chased the whole car you had it right the first time he did the newspaper in the paper recycling bin and then you put it in the dumpster like that's not how it works dude my fit my the the funniest well maybe yeah i guess probably like one of the funniest things that, that scenes that he has is he's like whatever he's talking about in the first scene that he's in, he's like talking about something and he's like, yeah. And I guess that's, uh, that's how that, how I ended up doing this. Oh, he's and the lady the was like, I'm the pool. yeah. And she's like, I'm from Omaha or wherever she's from. And he's like, huh? And she's like, I mean, I like, before you started talking, I asked like, where you're from? <laughs> like, my favorite. like, Oh, <laughs> My favorite game moment was actually the, bo- the boardroom scene because, you know, you start off the boardroom scene and it's Sheila, Ernie, and Greta talking, right? Like, you don't know that Nanny's there. And then, like, all of a sudden, they're, like, they're about to, like, the three of them are talking. Like, oh, you know what? Like, hey, you know, we'll circle back on this. And then all of a sudden, it just cuts to Danny across the table. And he's like, actually, I have one last point of order. And you're just like, concern. what the hell did you come from? <laughs> I have a concern about the mother mother earth and you're like oh no oh, yeah he's upset because he's like your stepper is plastics. made of plastics they'll go in the ocean and then he goes this whole thing about i was gonna mess with the ecos i mean which he's bright here's the thing he, he's bright he's totally right it's just how he's going about it is terrible well and that's he's a terrible the, activist he's an awful actor. were you gonna were you gonna say something paul yeah i was wrong i did watch the second episode does the second episode have the lady buckets no, that was yeah. Oh, no, the lady buckets is the second one. Oh, okay. It's the second one. 
because it's like the first like she gets the um she gets the show in the first one and then the second one they're like is mostly about like getting her persona yeah she learns ballet from what she's coming right oh yeah she yeah well she doesn't learn ballet or she goes (laughs) to a ballet ballet. yeah she it's a it's not ballet ballet inspired workout Which that yeah. was that's the thing that was and that is what in the eighties. Yeah, I mean it still is. It's called bar. Oh, <laughs> that's bar. A, yeah, yeah. I mean it's yeah. not like that. Like that is more like obviously like bar more into like anatomy, but bar yeah. bar is uh, the ballet inspired. Like you do it, you do yeah. it in a uh, like a ballet studio. Well, yeah. a studio that's set up like a ballet studio. But yeah, um, like the moves are based on ball- on like the different, yeah, yeah, the different um, stances and things that you learn in ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you did you did watch both. Congratulations, Paul. Um, whoa, yeah. So uh, yeah, so we so Danny Danny's gonna Danny. It's just he's he's <laughs> just doing his he's doing his. What did he say? He was like I'm consulting. Part time. I mean, not full time because like they want to be full time, but like I couldn't do full time because like I just can't do that. It's <laughs> <was> like okay, <laughs> okay, sure. Um, uh, Bream's side of the world. He is. Uh, <laughs> that was one of my favorite things that Danny said too. Is like that tippity tap, tippity tap Mormon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what are you talking about, tippity tap Mormon? actually really when i rewatched like the yeah. last half of the second season i forgot how much of his shit is really really funny yeah like, the bream stuff is actually some of the funniest shit that happens in the show oh my god bream bream um <laughs> got, he's got wifey problems um you know he's got auntie oh i love he's it i love trying Marie. to help she's my favorite this season um yeah, she's she's up in her room. We don't see we don't meet her in this first episode, but we'll meet we'll meet her next. Um, let's see. She oh he he does he digs the dirt. So he he did it. He dug the dirt. We find um he finds uh Kelly Kilmartin's uh nudie pics, although all we see are silhouettes. Um, but apparently you see the whole shebang. Um and uh yeah so he he helps that he's like okay like that was supposed to end their whole thing um together but um it doesn't because then Sheila sees him on tv uh helping with the olympics or doing he's doing something with the olympics i wasn't paying attention it's the 84 olympics in la yeah and um so he's there and he's on tv and she's like you know and and that's when danny calls him the tippy tap (laughs) It's like you see, he was on TV, and um, she's like, she's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. So then she goes over there, and she like Sheila goes over there, and she's like, yo, how'd you get on TV? And he's like, what? Like, why are you here? Um, and then his son like fangirls about her for a second. He's just like, oh my god, it's you. I'm like, what? What's going on? What is happening? Um, so yeah, so then uh, um, you know, she's like, well. He's like, well, wait. So she's like, I want to do, I don't want to use the photos. Like, I actually want to do this, like, the right way and have integrity and all of that stuff. And this is, like, part of her, part of her recovery and everything. And um, 
you know, uh, he goes, he's like, oh, well, so you like want me to pull strings? And she's like, I just want a contact. Like, that's it. And I mean, that's all he gives her. He just gives her a number. She goes over to the um, the station and gets on TV. She just like walks in and is like, can I be on TV? And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And that's like the last thing that we see of her um, on on that episode. <laughs> you get to see Danny like on, watching her on TV like, huh? Oh, no. Like, no, that first dream, now Sheila. Whoa, <laughs> like my life. Um, so, yeah. So that's the last thing that we see of her. Do we want to go straight into episode two or do yeah. you want to? Because I feel okay. like they do definitely tie together. Especially okay. the brain so, stuff definitely ties together. Yeah. Because like Bream, so so Bream, there's been some trouble in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, people, somebody's throwing, throwing bricks in windows. He's got a, he's got a clipboard. He's checking off. Stuff. Yeah, neighborhood and that's, like, the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing was like when he like so they, they they're doing the neighborhood watch and whatever and then like it, then there's another scene of him like in like probably the middle or till like end of the episode where he's like he's out at night doing his neighborhood watch thing he hears some he hears the um the the i don't know the window the brick thrower um, he hears the vandal and he's like, Oh, let me go, go check it out. And then he like hides behind a car yeah. and then he's <laughs> like, he literally is like, why am I hiding behind, like out loud? Why am I hiding behind this car? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> and then <Yeah>. he's going. <laughs> it's like, this is why Maria life. <laughs> I never thought. So I, you know, I actually started like bunny. And Tyler in season two, like you actually start to feel really bad for her because you have that scene where she goes on a shopping spree at the mall. And then when she goes out to the car in the parking lot, like she basically like she I like it's it's I just rewatched the scene today. Like she kind of she drops all of her her like new stuff like in the trunk of her car and then just breaks down sobbing. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, and then the whole, you know, scare, you know, having the um, going into labor too early with their daughter. And so I love that it turns out she's the fucking Mandel. And she's not going to stop doing it. Like, she made it clear. She was like, she's like, you know what? I haven't felt this alive in my entire life. I love when she like, dropped, I feel dropped something. Kind of foot. Yeah, it was like but some I weird just, like, physical comedy. Very fascinated. Like I cannot. I hope that like she's a pretty big part this season because that's just fascinating. You have this woman, which it's not surprising when you when you are part of a religion that basically teaches you and conditions you to repress every normal human emotion, right? And then yeah. a bunch of terrible shit happens to you. Like you find out your husband's been cheating on you and that he's a shady businessman. And then, you know, you have this really, really scary early labor and you're in the hospital, like all of mm-hmm. this stuff. Right. Like and on top yeah. of and on top of 40 years of repressing just being a human being. Like, this is fascinating to me. Like, I am excited to see where we go with her. Like, she's my new favorite character. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, so we, you know, like, Bream, he's like, finds, he has that whole fucking weird part where he's like, oh, why am I hiding? And then he comes <laughs> out. And it's it's Maria, and she's the one that's been throwing, like Paul said, she, she drops the brick on her foot. The 
Um, and she, you know, he's like, why are you doing this? And she's like, because I'm miserable, you dummy. Um, and he like this whole time, he thinks that the baby was the problem, like that she's got baby blues and no, or like it's postpartum depression, although he probably wouldn't know what that was called. And, um, you know, it's not that she's just miserable. And like Grace is the only thing that she actually is happy about. So which is the baby. So there's that whole uh, that whole. Oh, the, he's that creepy whole old aunt. Like when he comes home he's from aunts. work. I think that happens in the first. Is that the first episode? That's right? the first like, where episode. You get, but when they were like, I mean, it was okay. And they're trying to be pleasant, but, like, it's him trying to coax out of them exactly, like, what did Maria say? And they're just like, I mean, there was an incident. And because they're Mormons, right? And they're just, and they're Mm -hmm. old. So they're, like, trying to be, like, so fucking prim and proper and just. They don't curse. Basically, the gist of it is Maria said, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, she, they were like, they, she told us to leave. She Very used some curse words. They were like, and... she used colorful um, language. She was mean. And she yelled. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not. Well, then you have, like, later at that, the the scene, um, the scene where they're, like, or he's, Bream is organizing the, 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 uh, uh, the neighborhood watch. watch. Yeah. He go, He's like, yeah, we're going to catch this. So and so, yeah, he's still he's so fucking awkward because he's still like, trying to be. He's trying to be that straight lace, good. He's got Christian a way. Yeah, he's got an idea in his head of how he should be and how he should act, and he's too stubborn to break from that. At least yeah. at the moment, I don't know if that will that will stay that way. I don't think so. But um, he's too he's too deep. We see, we see like that one like quick clip of him like behind Sheila at some point in the trailer. So there's some, some, something's gonna give. Um, I don't know what though. Um, but we, we have in episode two, we've got um, Sheila and Greta. They are trying, they're trying, they're doing some uh, research on the competition. So that's where we have the, the lady buckets. <laughs> where Greta's going over all the different like types of you know TV um fitness I don't know what do you call them personalities <laughs> yeah uh, stars um aerobic I don't know I'm I'm not good on my feet today um but the yeah Denise so Austin's <laughs> there you go yeah the Jane Fonda's um the, the yeah they're they're trying to figure out like what Sheila's persona is and she's trying to figure out what her persona is. So then they're like, should we do a photo shoot? She's like, Oh, I didn't want it to come to this, but I think we need to do a photo shoot. And Sheila's like, yeah, yeah. And Greta's like, oh, I definitely wanted it to come to this. So and then we have her like montage where she's training, she's trying on like all these different outfits. Um, she tries this one uh, that is the like worst super one. dark. Yeah. Like she's, I love her hair in it. Like it's just like, like faux hawk thing that they do but just by putting it's her like hair up in a banana flip print. It's like yeah no it's unitard oh, so bad it's oh, so, so bad good. it's like, oh, no, it's like oh. a full unitard though like no, it's in, like, bad. it covers her feet and her hands like if it was like yeah full like <laughs> on like body glove yeah it's like her arms and it's like, how would you ever work out in that? Because you'd get you you'd be on fire Why instantly. Is she like 
all your sweat just in your fingertip like gross um, and she's wearing high heels just like she why? is wearing high heels well because they want to s- sex sells so hot june <laughs> <laughs> see see you no, got the I man over there like, like oh. i think it was like the second or third one it's the one that was like her hair was like all fucking crazy and it was this crazy red leotard and like that was yeah. one where like greta immediately goes Absolutely not. What the hell is that? And then Sheila actually apologized. Like she goes back. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like there. I mean, all. I think. I feel like most of those outfits were better than that last one where she. Then when she tried oh to God. do the the photo shoot, and then oh. she's like, No, actually, this is not. This isn't me at all. Actually. Um. Because, again, like, like they're like, like the ladies, they're like, oh, you're so hot. You're so hot. You're so hot. And she's kind of like, I think this is like the first part where she's kind of like, like, re- like, not she hasn't remembered that memory that she's repressed, but she's kind of getting there. And it's not until they do the other part of the persona research when they go to try out. Um, the the one they decide to do her class so both of them her and Greta try to go to the class but Greta gets shunned by the fucking like trench coat bodyguards like <laughs> like no not you you but not you it's like yeah. what okay um so uh Sheila gets to go in and um you know it's this it's this very like uh, physical anatomy even workout where based on ballet moves, but also like let's talk about her vaginas and keeping her vaginas and tight. And, like, did I hear somebody's? Yeah. Yes. Um, did I see it here? Somebody's vagina release? Like what? <laughs> okay. Um, and just very like ballet. super intense. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it was a little more than just Kegel Valley. Um, but that's your core. Yeah, so during this, you gotta make sure it is. It is. I hey, I tell my clients that all the time. Uh, not not in those words, but um, but yeah, so we have she she goes through this um, this class. She starts doing these moves. She starts seeing hallucinations. We get this repressed uh, memory um, that she has of that uh, her father's friend that molested her. It was like, just do a couple twirls. You don't know this at the time. We find this out later when she goes to group and she's like, I just got to talk. And they're like, okay. And uh, well, the one lady's like, no. And then the other lady is like, just let her talk. Um, so then she, she basically says that whole thing, like, Hey, you know, like I was molested and, you know, I was doing this thing and it made me think of that and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and basically being like, I didn't, you know, I wanted to go to that burger joint. I didn't go to that burger joint. Instead, I cooked my daughter dinner. So, um, so yeah, so that's pretty well. Oh, and then, so then Sheila, she, um, she we the last scene we see with her 
is she is going on the wake up show to do her segment. So we see her look, which um, I can't remember if it was similar to the one that we see at the end of season one or the beginning of season one. Yeah, it is. It's that one. Okay. That get burgundy leotard. Yeah. Like maroon. Yeah. Cause I yeah. like, I hadn't gone back to it, but I, I was like, that looks like it was that. So yeah. So there we go. So we see that and she goes on, she goes on to do um, her segment. So like, you know, theoretically she's found a look for herself. However, she is still seeing Kelly Kilmartin because she saw her right before she goes on. Like you can't let them see your soft side because they'll just like throw you out to pasture um, and all of that stuff. And Greta, like we don't see, we don't see anything of Ernie in this episode. Thank the Lord. Cause I don't want to deal with mean Ernie right now. <laughs> um, Danny continues to be awkward. <laughs> He's uh, so awkward. He's like setting up like recycling bins in his like little like singles community or whatever the fuck, wherever the fuck he lives. And he like just, you know, but like make sure to be like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm setting this up. I mean, I'm not like a janitor or anything, but like, oh, the just, poker you know, game. doing oh this. My God, that was painful. God. That was so painful. Oh, God. And he's like, they're, oh. they're talking to each other and laughing and he's like what what did you what was that yeah. <laughs> like no wants, they're not talking oh, to you yeah fucking damn so friends. badly <laughs> he wants friends so bad oh when he and like then, approaches those two ladies in the pool and he's oh. yeah oh my god he's just so it's, oh my god he's, like he's just so fucking off chase the guy in the car yeah kids kids today would call him cringe is that's the word they would use for that <laughs> see and that was smart like i think they damn you, you okay you know, any, well any show <laughs> the like the first season right like you're working your kinks out and i do think danny was one of the kinks in the first season because i think he was too unlikable so in the second season they do make him much more i guess it, it, they were able to somehow use his doofiness yeah. in a way that makes him that <clears throat> it makes you at least like pity him right maybe you don't empathize or sympathize with him but you you do feel sorry for him like at times and uh i think they kind of they were able to perfect that in the second season and i think they're really honing in on that this third season because he is a goddamn loser this season <laughs> yeah he's just i mean like we see we see him he's like you know, he has, he has like the bin set. Well, this time he's like outside has the bin set up. And Paul mentioned this earlier where, you know, there's this guy, he throws the, his paper into the paper bin and he looks down. And he's like, yeah, I did that. Like, like Danny. And then the guy picks it up and puts it in the dumpster. And he looks down. Jane, he's like, like you Wait, what? What? You no. <laughs> Like, you just no. ran three fucking miles to tell me that. <laughs> he goes, he chases he the car. I can't he believe. He chases <laughs> the car three miles, right? And then he, run, he, then he runs back three miles back to the apartment complex. But then he just, he yes. runs past all these people in the courtyard. He screams and cannonballs into the pool. He's and I thought this was a cool shot because the camera follows you underwater. And then he's just kind of like awkwardly like just suspended in the water for like a couple yeah. of seconds where he just doesn't move. 
It was a good five seconds, and I thought he might have been dead. I thought he was dead, too. (laughs) He smacked his head because he just doesn't move. He's stuck in this weird position underwater, suspended in the water. And then then he pushes himself up, and then he I think he starts crying, and he's like, I really needed that. He did. He did. He did. Well, we heard. We just heard in the the other, the other episode that Sheila's preaching like exercise can help you, and there you go. He he had to run those six fucking miles. at the end of the second season, because that's how he finds he out that Freeman's a private tap dancer, is a closeted tap dancer because he's at the gym too. Yeah, you know, so he's starting. The, he's he's starting that too. Like he is, he started that in the end of season two, the working out. So yeah, he's he's doing something. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty much who, where. Recap. What? Good recap. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, my last note was we still haven't met. Uh, in my notes, she's just KK, which is like I always think I'm gonna slip up and add that third K. KKK. Who's KK? We still haven't met KK in in person yet, only in hallucinations. So. And no um, bunny and Tyler. And no bunny and Tyler. So we do have like this weird new like assistant character um, that Greta yells at sometimes. <laughs> just like who is this person? Final. She's in the season two finale. Like she's there briefly, but like she just yeah. basically agrees with what everyone says because she, and Greta points it out at the season. She's like, of course you like it because you're new. You don't know anything. And uh, so yeah, she. So we we see a little bit more of her this um, in these two episodes. I was gonna say because she she was only a background character in the first episode. The yeah. second one, we actually see her like she's got a couple lines. So yeah. we might be seeing a little bit more. Uh, that lady, but yeah, that's Bunny our first and, two episodes. Did they show Zoe in season two, like on the TV? No, no. So, mm-hmm. it was just her shorts, I think, right? No, they do show like a blonde woman. You can't really see her face, and she doesn't have the southern accent. Like she's got that. Her her voice is a lot higher. Lancaster, yeah, and it's like very like Cal Southern Cal kind of like like beach peppy girl, and so yeah. they. They changed that. But Bunny and Tyler, though, so I had forgotten. I'm glad I watched some of these last episodes of the second season. I don't think, like, I think they possibly could come back because we leave them and they're still stuck in John Breen's world because they do make it to Mexico because they do get the 25000 right? So they go to Mexico. And then when we last see them, though, two Mormon missionaries show up at their apartment in Mexico. And what the, the gist is, um, we're we're building a we're building a new facility, and I'm wondering if it is for the the Olympic training facility or whatever, you know. And those are expensive, and I think they just they kind of basically invite themselves into Bunny and Tyler's new home in Mexico, and it's like you're going to be paying. You're you, we're going to get that twenty five thousand back from you. So I I think there's a definite possibility they could show up because they're still stuck in John Breen's world. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna show show up again. I mean, they certainly could. Anything is possible. <laughs> I like that. You just want to see, but I was just gonna say, you just want to see Bunny. I do. I mean, I could see it going either way. I could see it like them bringing. I love Tyler. He's like one of my favorite characters. I love um, Tyler. 
Like, I, yeah, I don't, I could see it going either way, though. I could see them just being like, you know what, we don't want to deal with that. There's too much to wrap up, you know, in this last season. Or, you know, I could see them being like, all right, let's bring them in for a couple episodes. Um, we, we don't really know. So what did you guys think about this, um, these first two? Go, Paul. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a juicy. I, I I it's it's a fun new way to go. I like the evolution of how her really abusive voice inside of her head has now manifested in Kelly Kelly Kilmartin or the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Kilmartin. I do like. I think that's kill, kill, I think kill. that's a cool little evolution. It shows her growth, but it's still there. Um. I think Danny could really like. I'm only using my experience from this, but I remember when we divorced. My wife had a photography business, and that was a big thing because she was using my last name still. Mm. And oh. when you see her in the studio at the beginning, it says like "Body by Sheila D. Rubin." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but if I were like, Danny, though, I don't know, like because like. I guess, you know, Danny doesn't know this, right? But clearly Sheila is probably going, she's she's doing some shady shit with her business, right? I mean, yeah. you know, if yeah, you might be, enti- this could be a very lucrative business. You could make a lot of money, but guess what? You're also assuming the liabilities, right? Like, if you really want, like, some ownership of this company, guess, you know, you're also on the hook for whatever shady criminal activity Sheila gets herself involved in, which I feel like, I feel like there's going to be something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, but that made me curious just because that happened with me. Not, not the shady business. My wife did no, not no. run oh, but a like, black market mafia <laughs> photography. Sorry. But I was just like, Oh, like her last name, like it's his last name. Um, I really hope Jerry never comes back. Like, <laughs> I don't think he will. Oh yeah. God. Um, yeah, Danny. It's funny. You you hit it perfectly. How like he can look so sincere while also being like this guy is so full of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did not. <clears throat> I think Game of Thrones and like like uh, all these uh, like ultra violent shows have kind of ruined this kind of TV for me. Cause my very first instinct when Ernie is being really mean to Greta, I'm like, dude, I hope he dies. <laughs> <laughs> like just like a game of Thrones like, show. Like all oh, this character would be killed <laughs> off. Like, like I hope, I hope Ernie dies. <laughs> like like it, that was, that was really tough to watch. I was not, I mean, it was, it wasn't supposed to be easy. And then the whole, ugh, yeah, the the whole ballet thing with the guy, like, give it a twirl, like, woof. Yeah, yeah. And I do, I do hope her little group has more. Like, I think they're gonna have a bigger role too. But I was just happy to be back. Yeah. I think Rose Byrne is just getting better and better each season, and you know, to see yeah. all that growth. And I can't wait. Like, I think we're in for a treat when we meet the real Kelly. Kill Martin. Mm-hmm. We'll probably be like okay, the okay. lady. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be really funny. If We're she's used to her being really, really nice. <laughs> like this isn't how you are at all. <laughs> no, but yeah, and I do love the attire, so it's great. 
<laughs> Love washing ladies and leotards. Hey, man, I'm a guy. What can I? Or I'm. I'm a guy. <laughs> Grew up on glow. What can I say? <laughs> June, what'd you think? Juicies. Um, I, you know, I, I think we forget that this show is actually really, really, really funny, and um. And there were so many times I laughed out loud. And, yeah, it uh, actually lives up to being a comedy. <laughs> Barry. <laughs> I'm very, very Don't open that very can of worms, Paul. Okay, the worms, the, two, the toothpaste going back in the Put tube. The lid. Put the lid back on. <laughs> I will say, though, like when we're watching in the first episode, you know, like uh, KK is on the Johnny Cars, is on the Tonight Show, right? I will say, I really thought that effect was really terrible looking. Like, whatever the. Yeah, video, it was bad. Whatever the it was really bad. equivalent of Photoshop is, it was awful. Yeah, no, it really was bad. really bad. It is they, not convincing at all. <laughs> no, it's not. It was so because she's like she she's a lot brighter than like the they didn't have the budget raw footage. No, so like it just it was clearly like she was at, it was so bad and um it was basically but, like they photoshopped her into that yes. <laughs> like <laughs> like whoa that's not a good effect but uh Mm-mm. yeah. Whatever, but you know, the one thing too is I, in watching like you know parts of season two though, I remember like I I kind of love the transformation of Greta, and I really feel like they're they not only her personality but like she they have sort of each like her wardrobe has evolved as the series has gone on. Like we meet her in the beginning, yeah. like she's wearing frumpy, you know, like mom clothing and then in season two she dresses nice like she's wearing like nice business like she's dressing nicer but then what i noticed in these two episodes is like she's still like her clothes are impeccable and these are like nice like designer brand clothes but she's now like she's wearing stuff that hugs her figure a little more a little more Mm -hmm. low cut like i i love that and that she's in these aerobics classes now like, yeah, like you see her and she, you know, in season one, she was mortified, couldn't do it, couldn't do the yeah. class. But like now, like she she's testing out the steps, like she goes into the testing rooms, you know, and she's testing out the step things like I, I love I really do. I love this progression of this character. Like she yeah, is, I think, the standout. She, I think she's the absolute standout this this uh, for the whole series. Um, yeah, she's one of my faves. Yeah, again, like I said, Maria has become my favorite character, though, because I just think that whole thing is just going to be fascinating. Like, I think there's so much, like, interesting, fun, and funny stuff, right? Cause, yeah. Because like, Breen's expression when he realizes it's her, and I love that, like, she's in a hoodie, right? Like <laughs> She's in a straight-up hoodie. <laughs> like, she's in a straight-up gray hoodie. and With um, the hood is on. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I love it. I absolutely she's love it. She's clutching her little, her brick. like Her brick? <laughs> Like, I'm not never giving this up. <laughs> and um, I feel like we're going to build to, like, when we actually see her curse, like, we heard that she cursed, right, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, she's... Old, that's old creepy aunts. Those check, women are check, creepy. That's Chekhov's curse word. Yeah, <laughs> so I... Mentioned it in episode her. one. You got to see it by episode ten. You got to hear it. I want to I hear Maria drop some fucking F-bombs. I want her just... I just want to, I want like a whole thing of her, just a string of just vile, awful stuff that yeah, words. she, stuff that she, words that she probably never even heard of, right? Yeah. In her 40 years of existence on this world. So like, I, I do, I think this show 
is going to be so fun um, this season. It's going to be really, really interesting. I also think, Paul, like you touched on how, you know, we left Sheila in a better place because that, you know, the negative voice that she dealt with in her head is now, you know, no, that's not in her head anymore, but there is some version of that that is still in her head because she's now seeing Zoya Chanel's character, who's probably nothing, absolutely nothing like the actual real person is nothing like this image that she has created in her brain. Um, and one of the things, you know, that she says, though, is when she's talking to Greta, it's like, I think it's good. Clearly, like, that voice is what caused, you know, it was like the result of, like, the 20 years of, like, this on and off bulimia and anorexia. But then there is, and I think there is something to this, like, that negative voice, though. I wonder, like, sometimes I think we're maybe misled in thinking, but that negative voice sometimes has pushed me. Right? Yeah. Like, that, that's the thing that, like. That's the drive. Yeah, the drive. It's the thing that light that actually does light. The, so, like, when you do make bold moves, it's in reaction to that negative voice. And so if you don't have that anymore, like, what is there left to, like, motivate you? So I do think that's an interesting take on the whole thing as well. An, an interesting way of looking at that, too. But do you lose your edge? Like, is she going to lose her edge? Yeah, what did I just? I that it it's reminding me of something that I just watched not that long ago that had the same. Oh, what was it? Like a movie or a show that had that same kind of thing. It's like, well, mm-hmm. if I don't, if I'm not mad at you, like if I'm not, oh, what the fuck was it? It was like this character, and he was like, well, if I'm not mad at this person anymore then what do I have to drive me to do to be this way or whatever it was Jordan used to make up like beef with other players that never existed what because Michael Jordan no like I'm I'm picturing the scene of like what you just said I just watched yeah like what I right what was it what were we did we watch it together like yeah, it was James Marsden and Jury Duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, I have the scene. You yeah. You just, like, unlocked, like, like, a memory. Right. I was like, if it, if I'm not mad at you, like, what do I have? Like, how do I... Was he, like, forgiving somebody? I think so. What the fuck was it? Oh, man, this is going to bug me now. Yeah, I'm bugged. Thanks a lot. <laughs> going to be in your brain um but it's it's true because it's like oh like if i you know if i don't have this voice if this voice isn't driving me to do like if i'm healthy now and this voice isn't driving me to do what i do it was like forgiving a father paul what was it like i can't yeah i know (laughs) it's like forgiving a father wait it was ted lasso it was jamie there we go there it is (laughs) Yes, we fucking is. all watched it together. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, yeah, it was Jamie. It was oh, Jamie. Oh, oh, yeah, Jamie Tart. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got Jamie's it, got it. If I if I forgive my father, then I don't have the the drive to be the best player because that I can prove be. him like, wrong, right? Like if I have if, if I forgive my father, or if like I, you know, we're good. 
like basically yeah. my whole career has been like based on my need right. to get his approval or prove him wrong about all the negative things he says about me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's and an it's the same so thing with Joe's voice. Here. We got I think this. that's interesting. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> but like, you know, Michael Jordan, though, like we learned in that the, the Last Dance docuseries on Netflix, like Michael Jordan, like, I mean, I remember hearing like he had all this beef with like all of these other players. And you, then you learn in this documentary. He made most of it years up. Years later, not like most of those beef, like he actually had no issue with these players. He made, yeah, he no made beefs. them up because. Zero beef. He makes he made up conflict because it was the drive that he needed to like outperform that game. Right. And with yeah, that, I took, so <laughs> yeah, and I took it personally. Yeah, I took it personally. Then I took it personally. Yeah, he made up that whole story of how like a guy after the game was like good game, Mike. So then he scored like sixty points on him, and like. <laughs> And he, but then he got story like to the, to the media, like me, like this is. The, I remember hearing about this, and like this whole time for fifteen years, you're like, yeah, this rookie player, you know, on the other team, like was sarcastic to Michael Jordan. It yeah, it never happened. <laughs> That's so funny. So, do you think that that rookie player was? Do you think that then that rookie player was in like my, Michael Jordan's um, locker room mirror? <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck you, Jordan. Like, you I want to say that like Michael Jordan's know, walking around the locker room in a circle, like yelling. Yeah. His teammates come in like, why are you circling the bench, dude? No, fuck <laughs> you, man. I did have a good game. <laughs> you know what though? So I don't. I think I think that 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 player and Michael Jordan have actually never had like an actual conversation. Like I wonder if like I wonder if Sheila like, Sheila I wonder if, will she actually Michael Jordan meet? and Sheila no, but will she actually meet? Like I think it'd actually be kind of funny if she actually never meets this other her rival. I could like it's I could see that happening. It's just the thing in her head. I could see that happening. I could totally see that happening where we just don't ever. We don't ever meet, the meet real her person. at all yeah. because they I don't necessarily have to do that. I want to see it. And I want to see her be like the nicest person alive. That would be funny. That that would be funny. Like, especially if it was like, you know, towards the end or whatever. And they were like, oh, we're just going to have this happen. And she's like, wait a second. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I guess that also just depends on like how how they end how they end her story you know like or how they leave her story um you know so i don't know i i could do i i could go either way like i would be totally happy if she mm-hmm. if they never met um if they met and they did it they did it and it was funny uh then yeah sure let's have them do, let's have them meet do you, do you think that we're done with the uh the nude photos like i what are your what do you think do you think sheila is actually going to go through and uh release them or like sell them to a tabloid <sighs> i do i do. only think that she will do that if they do meet or if like something happens where like um i don't know she gets one upped again like she gets one upped again and then she's like oh shit i need i need this to happen in order to keep bring her down. I don't know. Keep my jaw. Yeah. Keep keep the segment or meets. whatever. 
Oh, maybe oh. could be how they meet. Um, and Greta, but Greta has a good point though. It's like, okay, you can do this. Like she was like, it's a win-win though. Like either I do become the top, I go from number two to number one, or I at least ruin her career. And Greta's like, yeah. there's also the third option where you get reviled for ruining this poor right, right, yeah. career for having a natural, yeah, you be the- ap- like like a, a natural like sexual a healthy appetite, like. Something that yeah. she did in a privacy, you know, like these were hidden and these had to be obtained through really shady channels for a reason. They're not meant to be seen it by the public, right? Like, so, I mean, Greta, I'm team Greta. Like, I think I've always been, I mean, I think most, I think we've been team Greta for the most part, right? Yeah, I was team Ernie for oh, a while, yeah. too, until yeah, he definitely. turned into a psycho. Yeah. yeah until he fucking, like, ugh lost his goddamn temper but um yeah no but like now that you now that you mentioned the the photos though like i want to know what's in the other envelope oh about danny because she also got some um if it is about about danny because she she kind of like she hesitated before she answered you know well no she well, she did, but she hesitated oh, before she said you think that. She got shit on Ernie. Oh, what if she actually got shit on Ernie? I don't know. I could be anything because she was like, she, she was like, uh, it's about Danny because you know whatever. Like I might need it, and like Greta just has, was like, okay. She has pictures of Danny throwing away like recyclables in a garbage <laughs> yeah. can. She's picture. She's You're ruined. She has, she has naked pictures ocean. of. She has naked pictures of Danny and his wrestling. Love the ocean, but watch him throw this McDonald's hamburger wrapper into it. Yeah. Yeah, he's throwing oh like God. one of those uh, six pack rings into the into without the- cutting it up. Without it's just, cutting it. It's just a picture. It's a picture of Danny opening a drawer. It's just filled with plastic straws. And he's like, "You ruined me, Sheila." <laughs> It's Oppo research on Ernie, but because you know, Greta, even you know, and that actually that could be it because they kind of make a point, you know, when when they're meeting with Bream and his assistant to obtain the information that you know, Bream's like shady guy did to get the information. Like, Greta does like she jokingly, but not like it's like joking, but not joking. Like, I like I can't do anything like illegal, you know, I need to talk to my husband first, right? right? And then, yeah. so, but, but, and then she also, you know, the, the thing that makes her so upset, you know, when she and Ernie, when Ernie yells at her though, is she's kind of like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like he, he's like, yeah, he has done everything. Right. Like she, I wonder if there's yeah. some like shady business things, but because I could see where he's kind of like, I need you to be sort of like a co like guarantor on this or, you know, whatever on this thing or, our, you know, co guarantee, and a co-signer on this thing. And so she just blindly maybe signed documents because she trusted her husband. And so like, she's now tied to these possible shady, unethical, possible criminal dealings. Yeah. 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 I know. I, I do. Uh, it could be, be anything in the envelope. I just want to know what it is. She's got, shit on, she's got shit on Greta. No, no. But it'll be actually Ernie shit. It'll be Ernie shit that Greta got dragged into. I was just gonna say that's the only way it would be shit on Greta is if it would be Ernie. Ernie made her 
do something. I mean, right? Like, unwittingly. Has, how many documents do you think Greta probably signed where he just brought home this thing and he was like, just sign this, you know, because it's got the, you know, those little sign here tabs, right? Like mm-hmm. no one ever actually reads the contract. You just literally go to the last page where the little flag is. I agree. <laughs> I guarantee you. Greta I agree with the terms. Of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like every time you have an uh-huh. Apple update, are you really going to read? <laughs> Big thing, no. I agree. I agree to the terms. Uh, giving giving away my image to AI, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Take all my personal information. Here, read all my conversations. <clears throat> I guess. Uh, good <laughs> gravy. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that's pretty much it for the first two episodes. Um, episode three, like it's on fire. Uh, new romance helps Sheila connect with her deeper self. Greta pursues a lucrative deal, and Bream vies to impress the committee. So, um, <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. So cool. <laughs> committee. I bet Bream yeah, trying to wait. like negotiate some contract with the Olympic Committee. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But, um, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it so far. We've Like, this show has been solid um, so far, all three seasons and these first two episodes. So I'm looking forward yeah. to it. And that is out on August 9th, which is, but they a lot of times release on Tuesday. So who knows? It might actually be August 8th. So we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, I think yeah. that's it for physical. <clears throat> Woo! Woo! All right. Did it! <laughs> we did it, guys! We did it. We'll we'll catch yeah. you back next week for more physical and all the new Apple news. So thanks for listening. Make sure to leave us a review and tell all your friends about it. <laughs> <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell all your friends about it no. come on down <laughs> come on down to the ato ranch <laughs> the apple without the seeds oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll catch you all next week uh, bye